This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hi, how are you? Okay, great. Uh, good to see <laughs> The Monty Show. Presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. It's our Friday because we're off tomorrow. Yeah. I cannot wait to sleep. I will tell you why I did not sleep pretty much at all last night, yeah, later last in the night show. Last night was rough. Uh, we'll talk about being married to a one-eyed pirate. Um, all, of, all of that coming up. Uh, but we have got locks for you today on the show. BYU and Arkansas. Arkansas has moved now to, what is that, Jake? A uh, one-and-a-half-point and favorite over my, our, and yours, the BYU Cougars. Are we? Are you at all surprised that the line's no. moving that way? Nope. I'm shocked. What is BYU playing for? What are the Utah Utes playing for as they remain a three-and-a-half-point favorite over USC on Saturday? By the way, prime football tonight. Uh, Prime Video Football, Justin Fields sucks out loud. Um, Is he a bust? Yeah, of course he is. Okay, we'll see you tomorrow or Monday. That's the whole show. Justin Fields is a bust, and I'm a bitter Bears fan. It's it's just the reality of it. I promise you today we will break Jake's heart. You are going to watch on the show as Jake's heart literally cholesterol and plaque and all of it just melts onto the desk. Okay, that was kind of graphic for sure. His favorite breakfast is ruled to be just heinous and grotesque for your intestines. Right. We're off to a really rousing start this morning on the show. (laughs) Presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. I tell you every single day on this show, the Advocates is absolutely your only choice. When you need an injury attorney, UtahAdvocates.com. Chat with them online for free. You never pay a consultation fee. There are no retainers. You do not pay the advocates unless and until they win your case at utahadvocates.com. Good morning to you. Jake, what do you think the the biggest BYU football storyline is? I think it's just the the, the program, you know, and and how it's managed. I I, I think whether we're talking about Jaron Hall's shoulder or defensive schemes or rotating the offensive line. Like, it just seems like right now in the program, there's, you know, a lot of this, like, odds and ends type thing that is is sort of happening that's limiting their performance and limiting what they're able to do. And, and it's for a variety of different reasons. And I, I you know, you know, you were just asking, hey, am I surprised by the point and a half line going towards Arkansas? And I'm not. I have to be honest, I'm not because I don't think BYU's earned the right to be favorited against an SEC team. Like I think it's literally that simple. This is a this is a team in Arkansas who can really run the football. Uh, awesome back for them, and I think that when you look at what Audric Estime was able to do against this defense, why would anyone have confidence in in BYU being able to stop this Arkansas you know rushing attack? That that's my question. What what have they done to to build trust in that department? Because I don't think it's been a lot. Did you make adjustments? Yes. Did you perform better in the second half? Yes. But overall, the feeling to me is that BYU is not in is not in a position where people feel confident, where they trust that the defense 
will stand up against the run, where they will be in a good position. So I can't believe I'm saying this, but in week six or whatever it is now, you know, you, you still have proving to do. And that doesn't just go for players. I think that goes for A-Rod. I think that goes for Tuiaki. And and I have to say it's becoming clearer and clearer that this program is 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 very much interested in being nice and protecting players from injury versus being cold-blooded about performance. But what does that mean when you say they're being too nice? Because I think the days of 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 being too nice, I would agree they, they should be over, but I think they are over. I think we've seen Kalani Sataki now um, you know, be a very different guy stylistically in his press conferences. And I think when you look at Kalani and you look at the way that he's handled his business, um, I think he's definitely changed his tone. I think what we saw against Notre Dame, it's just unacceptable. And we can sit here and we can use words like unacceptable and they have to be better. But what do you want him to do that you're that he's not doing now? Because that press conference the other day that we played where he he you know, hit the table with that bottle. I, I haven't seen that Kalani Sataki in the past. Yeah, I want him to take Jaron Hall out of the game when Jaron Hall is too hurt to perform at the highest level. I want him to stop rotating the right side of the offensive line. And I want him to establish a running back that that can get the job done week in and week out. That's that's what I want. And, and I'm not saying that that's all on Kalani. Like, obviously, Kalani's the head coach. So, you know, he's sort of the face of your program. But at the same time, you know, you you have some you have guys um, in 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 a rod, and, and this extends to Tuiaki as well, who who need to be better. And, and and again, I hate having to have these conversations about BYU because I really enjoy watching them. I really enjoy the product that gets put out, but but I can't. I'm not really feeling like it's appropriate to sit here and be like, yeah, you know. They're at home at a sold-out Lavelle against Arkansas and a, and a, a night game. Or, no, it's a day game, I think, this time. one thirty. One thirty. You know, so you, you, you're going to have a good crowd and everything, and theoretically you should win this game. But, but again, that's what we said about Oregon. That's what we said about Notre Dame. And so at some point, you're going to have to prove to us that you can go out and execute against these teams and not wait to make adjustments at, at, the, at the half. That's my thing. I what I what I would ask of Kalani is to get his team going sooner, you know? And I know it's not just a switch. I know it's not just an easy like, you know, A plus B equals C type thing. It's not. It's difficult. But you knew what you signed up for. You're the head coach. Like these are your responsibilities. So What is your Okay, what is your level of confidence Saturday afternoon at Lavelle for BYU in Arkansas cuz you know, I think I uh, out of five, I'm probably like a three and a half leaning to BYU. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you know in these situations, and and I I have very little doubt. I have very little doubt that Arkansas is going to run the ball. I mean, I, I, why wouldn't they? If you're the Arkansas Razorbacks and you have KJ Jefferson back there um, coming out of concussion protocol, sure you're going to protect him a little bit, but you're going to run the football. You're going to run him. You are going to try to expose BYU for for their weaknesses. And if I'm BYU on the other side of the football, I'm trying to make uh, Arkansas throw the football. I'm trying to make KJ Jefferson beat me with his, with his arm, which I think they're going to be able to do, frankly, because I cannot believe that we are going to see this rush three drop eight thing. Um, and I thought in the second half we saw far less of that. But I would really, I, I really lean towards the fact that Tuiaki and Kalani are going to have a different game plan this week. 
Yeah, what I'm nervous about with this Arkansas offense is uh, Raheem Sanders. That's what I'm. That's what I'm worried about. The back for oh, Arkansas. Uh, very capable back, very strong back, um, and a little bit different of a vibe than what you got last week with Audric Estime. Raheem Sanders is a guy who is athle- very athletic for his size and is 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 someone who who is very willing and wanting as a running back to take over a game. And so, to me, you know, when when you know you're going up against a team that is a SEC caliber team you know, was more than capable of last week beating Mississippi State. Now, I know the score is 42 to 10 or whatever it ended up being, but and it looks bad, but if you go and you do a dive on that game, what you're going to find out is they put up 482 yards of offense, right? And they just didn't score. That was the problem. They didn't punch it in the end zone. So to me, what I'm worried about is, hey, you're getting your quarterback back, KJ's back, You've got this dynamic running back, and they're clearly capable of, of of putting up numbers. That's what I'm worried about. Well, yeah, sure, I get it. I I think I am far. I, maybe I put too much into it. I I don't know. Listen to Aaron Roderick talk about um, the offense yesterday. I thought I thought was very interesting um, because one of the things that I think we've seen out of this club is they've started very slow. And they clearly don't know why. If, if I knew the answer, we would have fixed it a long time ago. You know, we're, so it's a program-wide thing. We've we've started slowly a lot this year, and something we're talking about as a team. We, we you know, did a few tweaks to our routine this week. Uh, you know, the guys. I don't know if, if anybody's already said this, but we've been getting the guys up a little earlier this week and doing some different things. Let's just try to lifting in the morning. Yeah, just doing a few things and see if that makes a difference, but. Bottom line is we just have to focus better and be ready to play, you know, right from the first snap. But what does that mean with all due respect to Aaron Roderick? I, I don't know what that means. Like, be more focused. Uh, are you telling me your guys are not focused, they're not ready? Like, I, I, I think a lot of this is on that guy right there. I think a lot of it's offensive play calling. I think he talked about um, last week, and I, I think one of the more compelling bites is you know, Aaron Roderick talking about protecting Jared Hall. I knew he was going to start. I knew he was going to be able to start. I did fear, though, just, you know, he he got hit pretty good in that Utah State game a couple times. Probably the two hardest hits that I've seen him take since he's been here. And um, uh, I know there were a bunch of people mad at me how I handled that fourth quarter, but all, I just ran the ball to keep him, to not let them hit him again. And so in that fourth quarter, I was running the ball even on third downs and stuff just to, was not going to give them another chance to hit him. And so tried to get into the Notre Dame game as healthy as we could. You know, he, he was tough and he was able to play through it, but he's feeling a lot better this week, and I expect him to be in a lot better shape. Man, I, I don't know. I, I look at those words, and the, the thing that comes to my mind is, okay, so you ran the ball because your quarterback wasn't capable of throwing the ball, and the thing that I really struggle with is where's Jacob Conover? What does this say about Jacob Conover? Is this an indictment against Jacob Conover? Because it certainly feels like it. And I think when you listen to those words and you hear, um, you know, Aaron Roderick earlier had said, well, you know, Jaron didn't play, uh, didn't practice. And usually if you're not going to practice during the week, he can't play. But then why did he play against Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Well, my inclination is it's Notre Dame and Jaron wanted to play, so they let him play. But it's shocking to me that, that Jacob Conover apparently can't get on the field at BYU um, and they either don't believe in him or he hasn't shown enough. I don't know. That's what it says to me, and maybe I'm making too much of that, but it is shocking to me that Jared Hall came out and threw a dead duck on the first snap of the game, 
and it never crossed your mind, A-Rod, to put in Jacob Conover? Like, that's shocking to me. Yeah. And then you only ran the ball in the second half because you were trying to protect uh, Jaron Hall. He's that injured? Like, that's shocking to me. I I, I don't know. I, I worry about I worry about their inability to, I guess, keep Jaron upright. I don't know. I haven't seen that. I think Jaron's taken a couple of big hits against Utah State. I would agree with that. Because, well, it's Utah State, and they take great pride in injuring BYU quarterbacks, let's be yes. honest, right? But I, ju- it is surprising to me that we haven't seen Jacob Conover. I don't know, Jacob, I'm making too much of that. No, I don't think you're making too much of it. I think it's spot on. Hey, you're literally sitting here publicly saying, yeah, we we gave Jaron the benefit of the doubt. We played him hurt, and it got to a point where I only ran the football because I, because I didn't want him to get hit, essentially because he couldn't Shocking. throw. Like. To me, this is, and, and I'm I'm trying to be cognizant of of how negative I am in the program because I'm really not trying to be that negative. But but when I start hearing things like, "Hey, we only ran the football in the second half to protect our guy," even though you've got a hundred percent healthy guy on the bench who could come in and play, you know, and obviously is unproven, but but clearly capable, wouldn't be in the program if he wasn't. You know, to me, that's concerning. To me, it's like what. What is your why? What is the reason you're doing things on offense? Why is it that you're rotating the right side of the line when Harris Lachance is clearly capable of doing some great things over there, right? Why is it that you're 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 not running the ball as effectively as possible? Well, because you're rotating the line, right? Why is it that Jacob Conover can't see time when your starting quarterback is hurt? And I'm not even saying Conover's better or anything. I'm saying that 100% Jacob Conover is probably a bit better of an option at that moment than Jaron was based on what Jaron did in that game, based on what he showed us. So to me, that's where I kind of go a different direction, where I'm like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> like this isn't difficult. This isn't no. like a hard thing to figure out. These, to me, are just kind of questionable decisions. What, what, why is it? Is it because this is Jaron's last season or whatever, and and he's your guy, and is that why you're giving him the benefit of the doubt? Is it because it was the Shamrock series? Like, what's more important? And this is why I'm going to keep leaning on what I said earlier. That's right. This is why. This program is more concerned about taking care of its guys and being nice in that sense than it is about winning, and that's okay. Well, I don't think that makes them a bad program, but we need to have that conversation and be open to that idea because until like going to the Big 12, winning is all that matters to everyone else in the Big 12. So it that's like when I look to the future, that's what concerns me. Yeah, winning matters to the advocates as well at utahadvocates.com. You've been in an accident, and now you're injured. Though it wasn't your fault, you now have to deal with getting your car fixed, mounting medical bills, and insurance companies who don't play fair. But don't worry. The experienced team at The Advocates are here to get you the support you need. All right, let's uh, get your comments in here talking BYU football. Um, See, uh, Zesty Retro in Game says you're sharing guys' Netflix password again. Is that what you're doing, Jake? What do you? I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that uh, means. Provo Cougar fan says, playing for, can you say bowl eligibility and prayers for the famous Idaho Potato Bowl? No, I this can't. This place is empty. No. Uh, Mark Hale says, good morning, Montes. Good morning. 
Uh, and it's the Monty, please. Thank you. Uh, Mike Chase says, morning, guys. Hope you have a good one. Thank you very much. I appreciate much. you, Mike. You too, Appreciate bro. that. Uh, Neville93 says, good morning. James Knight, uh, good morning to you. He says, can we talk BYU football today? James? James? <laughs> You're funny. Uh, Zesty Games, uh, Retro and Games says, all they ever do is talk BYU and Utah okay. football. Okay, okay. Okay, what do you want me to talk about? Let's hear it. Give me a topic list. I mean... What do you want to talk about? Well, can we talk about the Australian League's rule and... Um, you know, Baines looks really good and Carnes is going to win the whole thing. No, I, but I'm serious. Listen, I'm serious. If you guys are tired of talking about it, let us know what you want to talk about. Yeah, no. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says time to make that call to Alpine and beg Bronco Mendenhall to come and help the defense for the rest of the season. Nah, um, I'm fine. I actually, I'm going to be honest. I think the, the defense is in better shape than the offense right now from a mentality I would agree. standpoint. I think, honest to goodness, I think BYU's biggest problem is play calling on both sides of the football. Yeah. I think, and listening to A-Rod talk about, you know, how he called runs, and and maybe this is where I, I can get on board with your thoughts about them being too nice. If you're going to just have Jaron out there because he says he wants to be there, who's protecting Jaron from Jaron then? Because mm -hmm. he clearly was not ready to play in that game. It's certainly not in the first half. Um, and I, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how else to read into that. You know, like I agree with, again, Jesse Harsh. Uh, what did you think of Roderick's statement that Jaron didn't practice leading up to Notre Dame? Um, is there that little faith in Jacob Conover? Yeah, I would guess that there is. That's what I'm saying. I don't think we're being you know? too harsh that that is clearly a, somewhat of an indictment on Jacob Conover. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I don't know how else you would read into that. I, I really don't, you know, like it's just to me, I, I don't know. Uh, Am Alvarez says, uh, morning boys, glad to be here. Appreciate uh, you. Nice. Tom Basilius says, I want Jake to either pick a beard or no beard. Well, you know what, man? When well, you... let's, sec let's, let's single you up. What's wrong? They were out of razors the day you went to the razor store? No, Yeah. I, I can't. I, we don't have time to see a barber. Don't have razors. I mean, you know, we're just, yeah. You know. We make time for things that are important to us, Jake, and clearly shaving's not important to it's you. It's not. I could care less. But if you look like Jake, you'd want to cover your face up too. Yeah. I mean, well. um, right? I mean that that's you know, you know that's very true. Uh, Jesse Harsh also said Roderick's play calling constantly stalls. BYU drives at about midfield. He literally overthinks everything. Well, I hope you're wrong. And I think that overthinking comment there—that's something we've also talked about on the show, where where we where I specifically feel like they just make things more difficult than it needs to be. Like defensively is, is where I've made this point consistently. Like, Hey, it's first down against Notre Dame. Yeah. Let's go ahead and put, you know, nine guys in the box, nine, 10 guys in the box. Let's do that. Right. Yeah. And then move it along. Like, I think you can apply that logic to both sides. Yep. I, I, uh, I would agree with that. And I think it's one of those things where I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you change the stripes on a tiger, man. Like you're not, you're not doing that. Aaron Roderick, that's the way he calls games. Yeah. Uh, Gage Carter says jazz aren't even worth talking about right now. No, they're struggling. And I, I think this is going to be a storyline all year long. Are the jazz relevant right now? I mean, like I, I, I got tagged in a bunch of people's posts talking about how they're only going to wear the yellow uniform 10 times a season. Well, that's their alternate jersey. Like, we're still uh, talking jerseys because I just don't think there's anything very relevant to talk about with the Jazz. Yeah, I just don't think the fan base, you know, with all due respect to the Jazz, love you guys, but I don't think that the fan base gives a damn about this team right now. I, I there's don't. There's nothing to hold on to, and that's the conversation we had 
probably a month ago, maybe three weeks ago, we, we specifically had a conversation on the show about what is there to hold on to with this Jazz team. Well, the thing you have to remember is this, these, the uniforms are a great example of what I've been saying for a month now. Yeah. Since the Don trade. These are not players that you're, you know. These are not uniforms you know. So what are you excited about? Who the and f is that guy? I think, I think that if you look at the youngs that are on this roster, that's what you would be excited about. But, yeah. you know, I mean, obviously football's king in this town. If you, if you look at the ratings and the numbers of people that are watching BYU in Utah, that's what we have to do. You know, like it, it is to me anyway. I, I yeah. It is what it is. Uh, maybe they are trying to keep Jaron in the Heisman conversation. I think that ship has yeah, sailed. Yeah. You you yeah. lose to Oregon and Notre Dame on national TV. That the you way know, you lost to Oregon. Yeah, Come on. that's not good. Come on. Uh, Tom Basilius says Jake Joe Dirt called and wants his facial hair back. Love you. <laughs> wow. A you Joe, are what you are. A Joe Dirt bomb. Uh, I mean, I can go flat out babyface with it if you like. I mean, I can do that, but you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Calvin Johnson, Jacob Converse career accomplishments. One, once had a scholarship offer from Alabama. That's it. That's the entire list. I, look, says. I get it. He's not some like grade A prospect, right? I, I understand where you're coming from on that. And I don't even disagree with you on that. But what I am saying is that this kid deserves a chance, oh. right? Like he deserves a chance when Jaron Hall clearly is unfit to play. Yeah. Jesse Harsh, Harsh says, I thought there was a smudge on my TV while watching the Jazz. I tried to wipe it off. Uh, turns out it was just the jerseys. Damn. Oh, God damn. Damn, he went in. That, see, I, I think that's the issue right now. I, I Honest to goodness, I think the rest of the NBA is more relevant than the Jazz. Like, we were sitting there watching Nets preseason basketball last night, and I think they're relevant. I think the Nets are... Yeah. are I think the Nets, and again, I can only say this so many times, and I don't know what I have to do to, you know, get people on the Brooklyn Nets train, but they're going to win a championship this year, you know? I mean, by the way, did anybody see that my guy, Io DeSumo, starting point guard for the Chicago Bulls? Welcome to the fucking show. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate that. Uh, Ken Williams says, Jazz are horrible. I turned off the game in the third quarter. It was boring as hell. And I think that's the thing. It's just, it, it is... You know, you're in that time where they're just not good and they're not fun to watch, and and it's more more interesting to watch other teams. I mean, honestly, on Twitter last night, it was a bigger story that Don went like some three of bazillion in the first half yeah. than the Jazz were. Like, I I mean, you know, it just is what it is, and that's why I say like to bring this home. Like, yeah, we are talking a lot of BYU and Utah because it is football season, and we are gonna. Have our have our run around with this Bears game tonight on Thursday night football, and we are going to talk about you know NFL happenings and whatnot. So I, I you know it just again football has never been my number one, and I'm not shy about saying that. I'm not football is not my favorite sport. That said, it is most people's favorite sport. So that's what we're talking about. Yeah, and I think the the passion for it is high. And I, you know, listen, I think there are some simple truths. We, we talk about what, what we believe our listeners want to talk about. Um, and right now I think that's football. Eric and Raleigh, uh, says free Draymond from his contract. So Mrs. Monty had eye surgery yesterday and I posted a picture on Instagram. By the uh, way, how did that go? Everything good there? No. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, she had eye surgery yesterday. Right. Um, and she, ha she's wearing an eye patch and, Eric and Raleigh, I took a picture of it. Eric sends me a message, and he's like, hey, what happened? And I said, Draymond stopped by. <laughs> <laughs>
Eric, you asked. I was just saying. You know. Well done. Way to stay on brand there. That yeah, was no, well done. Mrs. Monty last night did not sleep pretty much at all. Which um, means you didn't sleep at all. Not. I got three. My watch says I got three hours and five minutes of sleep. So, oh, yeah. Today's a very long so, day. So, two o'clock nap time, huh? Yeah, you know. Um, Definitely a hot tub sesh tonight. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, but I got to oh, take yeah. Mrs. Monty back to the doctor today. Oh, damn. Yeah, she's got like, she, so... Mrs. Monty, and I think this is HIPAA, but I, I really don't care. You think um, it's HIPAA? It's HIPAA. Um, she had a like a, a little thing on her, like a foreign body she had to have extracted. Right. So let me describe the surgery in detail to you. This sounds fun. They put a stitch in your eye so that they can pull your eye all the way to the right because it was like in the inside corner of her right eye. They put a stitch in her eye so that they can pull her eye all the way to the right to see that side of her eyeball. Damn. And then, you know, they just scrape that foreign body right off the surface of your eye. Peace out. Dude. And that's that's it. Dude. Why don't you just stick a fork in her eye and gouge it out? Yeah, it's incredibly painful. Um, when you have like some oxy for the pain and it doesn't help at all. That's how painful this is. Like she I didn't has sleep a sleep for the past two nights because of this. Yeah, she had like this pain. They gave her this oxy painkiller. Yeah, she took it at, at like eight thirty when we went to bed. Yeah, or actually, she didn't take it. She didn't. She, Mrs. Monty's a terrible patient. Mm -hmm. She didn't take it, and she woke me up. She's like, <laughs> you know, at ten thirty, <laughs> she's sobbing, <laughs> laying in bed, sobbing. Yeah. So I, I, of course, passed out and she wakes me up and she's like, it hurts and I can't sleep. And I'm like, did you take something? No. I think that's HIPAA. I'm like, okay. So I get out of bed. I get her one of the, the painkillers. She drinks it. She drinks the water. So now I got to go downstairs and refill the water. Oh, you had to go downstairs. Uh, it's the worst. You know, so... Now your blood's pumping and you're waking up now. And, 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 and yeah. So I, I give her the oxy. I lay back down. I fall back asleep like seven minutes later. <laughs> Honey. It was terrible. I felt. <laughs> and the worst part is when my wife is crying, it's terrible for me. Like when she's in pain or she like it's it's really hard for me. Because, yeah, I can't. There's nothing I can do. Right. And I feel terrible about it. So I, she's like, I just need it. And. She need she needed a Kleenex, so I went and got her some Kleenex. And you, the problem is, she has a patch on her right eye. But if you open your left eye, what happens? Your right eye tries to engage because that's what your brain tells it to do. And so the eye moves, and she's in pain. Final. Yeah, I mean, it's just you're 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 effed. There's no way to properly handle it. Yeah. So she was up most of the night. Like it's just grueling, dude. And she. I don't know why she scheduled all this stuff like this. She had a mammogram, a colonoscopy, and then yesterday yeah, she topped it off. that's what I was just going to say. Like, damn. When you have a threesome of a mammogram into a colonoscopy into eye surgery. I'm for real. Nah, bro, I'm good. I'm for real. Uh, you know. But, I'm a fucking unit. Yeah, and she's handled it really well. Up to this point, she's been a beast, dude. She, like, just been, I mean, like, just powering through. And, of course, we're going out of town. Yeah. Um, to Brutal Blassie. timing. Blassie. So hopefully we're going back to the doctor today for, for a checkup. 
You know, she. the thing is, they give you pain-killing drops. Lanocaine and B12. But you can't uncover your eye until you go back to the doctor and he uncovers it. Damn. So you can't put the pain-killing drops in there. So you're relying on this oxygen. Come on, man. Damn. It, it's brutal. But if you don't have the eye surgery, it itches her. She. It's like a, it was a, a thing with an allergy in her yeah. eye. And so it just itches all the time and... You win, and I mean, it is. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Can I? Can I says Mrs. Monty did a full tune up, bro. Yeah, yes, bro. Did. Like, come on. You know, uh, Tom Basilius says all she, all she really wants is for Monty to help with the dishes. She doesn't need another glass of water. Just you to put in the dishwasher. Seriously. Well, we use these metal. I'm telling you, if you guys don't have these uh, these blender bottle metal. Um, cups, yeah. they're they're amazing. Yeah, they keep your water cold, and so we use those on a regular basement. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says time to renovate the master bathroom bedroom to add a sink or something. I, I well, I have a sink in there, but we don't drink tap water. We uh, I and I know this is going to start a whole other conversation. Oh, Karen Montemir. But we don't drink tap water. Mrs. Monty, I think, would drink gasoline. <coughs> like she'll drink anything. I, in particular, do not drink tap water. So when she's like, I need more water, I'm not going into the master bathroom and filling up the cup, the right? in America. I'm going downstairs to get the filtered water out of the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, it just, it, it, it is what it is. It, 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 it's in the just... comments, what are the worst moments that you've not, okay, the most difficult moments as far as taking care of your significant other you've been through? Yeah. we've all been through it. Eric says, uh, good morning. Uh, here's some gross surgery descriptions to start your day. Exactly right. Correct. Yes. Exactly right. Yes. You know, uh, James Knight said, I thought Mrs. Monty pushed you and uh, on doing the dishes thing one too many times, Monty. No, we joke about this all the time, right? Um, my wife has zero fear of domestic violence. So like, you going to try me then? Yeah. I'd like, no, she doesn't have any fear. <laughs> Like, this kid grew up a spoiled brat. He's like, what are you going to do, hit me? No, you're not. Donnie, you're out of your element. Guy walks in the house this morning. He's like, hey, what's up, fat ass? How are things? <laughs> he actually isn't. I don't believe that you or Mrs. Monty has ever called me fat. Nope. But everything, he's like, he literally said, hey, good morning. How are things? I'm like, fine. You're like, what's wrong with you? Why would you just call me fat? <laughs> But he'll be like, he'll walk in. He's like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, why do you call me fat? Fat. What, what's that? It's like, I didn't call you fat. Yes, you did. I heard you. You said hello. And in Latin, that means I'm fat. Uh-huh. Who am I, Zion Williamson? <laughs> you know. Uh, yes, Eric and Raleigh, I've thought about it. Get a Brita pitcher and keep it upstairs. But the, I never have got, that's the first time I've ever. Yeah, they only do that when they're not feeling well. That's yeah, the thing. Post-op, I mean, that's the only time we do that. Yeah. You know, so it is what it is. It, it's brutal. You know, like it is just—it's absolutely brutal. You know, Kurt, why Kurt Myers? Why are you talking about cancer? Because I said, because I said, what are the most difficult things you've been through with your significant oh. other? Well, Kurt Myers says cancer. Tom Basilius says miscarriage. Oof. Damn. Oof. Uh, Gage Carter says my wife after she had my son. Kenai Johnson says my wife. Uh, when my wife and two daughters got the sickness last year, my son had to go to his grandma's. Oh my God. Uh, Jesse Harsh says my grandpa once compared marriage to flying planes over Japan during the war. So I'm single dude. <laughs> Look, the hard part is when, and I think we've talked about this on the show as well, as we talk BYU football. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked about this. The biggest stories in Monty's life is brought to you by quick quack car wash. By yeah. The way. Yeah. Um, the, the 
the thing with Mrs. Monty and I is we are, we're really close. We're really, we honestly and truly next to shithead over here, her and I are like best friends, right? Like we spend all day together. Usually we work together. Um, you know, not like anymore. we're not anymore, but now I'm never home, oh, but get your facts straight. yeah, like we, we spend all of our time together. So we're really close friends. And so when you, you see your significant other that you're close friends with struggling or crying and there's nothing you can do yeah like oh i spilled water all over myself okay well here's a towel let's fix that hey my eye feels like i have a hot poker in it there's not much i can do for you on that let me let me rub your back here's some tissue some shit happened yeah let me go refill your water like yeah. it's brutal yeah and like she like when i i got up at four o'clock today i get up at four o'clock every day and i was take i was going to go take a shower and she's like i got to go to the bathroom i'm like okay so she gets up and like, she doesn't want to open her eye. And so I'm like trying to guide her back in the bed. Like it's brutal, Damn, man. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah, man. There, there is nothing that you can do. We did what you we know, did. like, it's just, it's, it's brutal. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, uh, room temperature water is better for you. Anyway, your body is, has to warm up cold water to process it. Burn more calories. Eric also says my girlfriend after tumor removal from her intestines. Oh, wow, man. Uh, Ken Williams said, uh, my wife had COVID and was sick as hell. I felt so bad, uh, that I got it, uh, too sick, but didn't feel good. And she had long-term symptoms now struggles with breathing. I'm telling you, man, long Dude, haul that COVID long is haul real thing is so real. There, uh, there was a new study released Tuesday, I think on yeah. 10,000 long haul COVID patients. It took me a long time to Dude. get past it, bro. It took yeah. me probably, you know, that original, the OG, the, uh, Delta was it was Delta the original one the, yeah the whatever original it was, yeah. strain that came through I picked it up and it only it took where'd me like, you get it uh, we're not talking about that right now what it took me about you 90... broke up with her over text as yeah you know I did hey yeah, guys I did I did but again that's not the conversation we're having it <laughs> took me it took me like probably 150 175 days to get past that call. Oh, like at least a long time. At least. Yeah. At least. I mean, it was my guess is that was four or five months. Yeah. Is what it felt like. I mean, it, it's just there's no getting over that that cough. I'm telling you. M. Alvarez says, uh, taking care of my wife after her second straight miscarriage. And you know, miscarriages, the worst part about that is that not only is your wife struggling physically and mentally, you're struggling mentally because you, you know, you lost a child. Yeah. And it it there's no easy way to deal with that. You know, it just is, uh, yeah, Ken, it sucks bad. Yes, it does. Uh, so anyway, so that's... Yeah, to get off the, the suck train. Yeah, to get it. Well, no, we're not talking okay. about BYU right now. The point Ooh. is, that's what's going on. Yeah. Like, it is, it's brutal, dude. It is really brutal. And it, it's, I just, it, it's, it's awful. I would much rather be, I'd much rather have an issue than have my wife have an issue. Right. You know, like it's just, I, 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 oh, I'm terrible about it. Uh, biggest stories in sports this morning, certainly uh, coming up in 15 minutes. Uh, we'll have football at 50. This Devontae Adams story, he was charged with uh, criminal assault yesterday, uh, a misdemeanor criminal assault in Las Vegas. Um, brutal. I, I will play that video again and talk about that on football at 50. I just, I really do not understand that at all. By the way, Thursday night football tonight. Um, I believe that's a pick 'em between the Commanders and the Bears. Coming up in 15 minutes. Is Justin Fields a bust? Am I just being an emotional Bears fan? Or is Justin Fields a bust? Yeah. 
We got to talk about that for certain. And I, I honestly, this morning, I think the biggest stories in sports, without a doubt, here in the great state of Utah, uh, is BYU and uh, BYU and and Utah. What are they playing for? Um, and what do you, you know, what do you have left to accomplish this season? I think there's no doubt. Those are the biggest stories in sports presented by quick quack car wash. Plato, I have no idea. Lipstick. Apparently my car door looks like a canvas. Quick quack. It's my saving grace. No one else needs to know the madness of my door. Quick Quack Car Wash, one of our newest partners on the show. Really appreciate them hopping on board, uh, delivering the biggest stories in sports every morning right here on the Bonte Show. Uh, Find one of their great locations uh, here throughout the state of Utah, and I'm telling you, great car wash, friendly staff, easy, quick. Even when there's a line, I don't think, even in the longest line, I don't think I've ever waited more than five, six minutes uh, to get through the wash line at Quick Quack. That's why we, we wanted them on the show um, and certainly it's great to have them on great local business owners that own the quick quack car washes here in Utah, support local business, support entrepreneurs trying to live their dreams. You certainly can do that by shopping at quick quack car wash. I, I think when you look at, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about Utah, yeah. um, because Utah and USC up on the Hill on uh, Saturday night, uh, on Fox primetime game again. And I think one of the interesting storylines in this game is, is Tavion Thomas, that dude, against USC. You're a three and a half uh, point favorite at home, which basically makes this a pick because the boys in Vegas always give you three for being at home. Yeah. Um, is Tavion Thomas that dude? Are you confident that he can carry the, the load for, for Utah? Yeah, I'm definitely confident he can carry the load. No doubt about it. I mean, I, I think that his, he's got the right mentality. He's, he's, he's done it before. So like, I don't have any doubt that, that he can, he can get the job done. Um, you know, to me, what I think is, really interesting about Utah right now is that is that this defense has been hit or miss like some weeks they lock you down other weeks there's some you know lack of discipline with assignments and I think that you know that's part of football like I think that you know we have that like every team has that conversation every week like we could have been better here we could have been better there type deal but to me I think the point here is that you don't really have that room for error this week against this USC offense to me you know, th- that is going to be the story of this game. Like, I think Cam and Utah's offense will probably put up at least 30, 35 points on this SC defense. Wow. Oh, yeah, for sure. No I'm doubt sorry. About I, it. I, yeah, I thought no you said it. 30, yeah. 35 points. Yeah, they'll put up 30, 35 points on this what defense. What is it like to wake up and just drop acid every day? Like, I, I mean, the, 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 are you hallucinating? So you, you think USC's defense is good? You think that? No, that's not what I said. Well, you think they're good enough to hold them under thirty? No, I think Utah's offense is very limited uh, on the outside, and I think that if they're going, you know, why I don't think Utah can put up thirty-five because they have not shown us they can consistently run the ball over the last three weeks, and I think if if at UCLA you had stopped the run better and run the ball more effectively, you win that game. I look at Tavion Thomas and I look at what this Ute line has done. There's been a lot of inconsistent play. There has been a crap ton of missed assignments on that Utah Ute offensive line that has cost them opportunities. The offensive line has to improve. It has to get better. I don't know that here we are in the middle of October that that's going to happen right now. I look at Tavion and his issues off the field, things going on in his personal life that have clearly impacted his ability to 
to to play the game at his preferred level. And I think there's been some issues with Witt and, and Tavion. But now he's going to get the lion's share of the carries again. I think out of necessity. I don't think Micah Bernard's been a guy that you feel like you can hand the ball to. And I think you don't have another option beyond that. So I think you have to run the ball. The bottom line here is which one of these teams is going to run the football for 150, 175 yards because they're probably going to win the game. And conversely to that, I don't know that this Utah defense is going to be capable of containing this USC offense. This very much feels like a 31-27, 31-28 USC win to me. Yeah, the last time the Utes didn't put up 30 points was in week one against Florida. Well, so to me, what does that say? Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I think that, that you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying. They do need to run the football, obviously. Yeah. I mean, they do need to, you know, like they got to get it going for sure. I, I agree with all that. I, I just think that, look, Lincoln Riley's teams are very straightforward. You know what you're getting, which is a high-powered offense and, and a very average defense. Like, that's what you get out of Lincoln They're, Riley football teams. But let's be honest. Yeah, If Utah is going to beat USC, they probably are going to have to run the ball better than they did last week. And what did they put 100%. up last week? What yeah. did they put up last week? 190-something yards? They're probably going to have to run the ball for 200 yards here to, to beat USC. I think that's a big ask against any team. And listen, I love Tavion Thomas. I think we've talked about my love affair with that cat as a football player. Um, he's a fashionista. Like I love everything about that guy. Tavion had 91 yards last week on 18 carries, and the team rushed for 192. There you go. So they run for 192 yards last week, and they still weren't close to winning that game. But also, now granted, can't fumbled and turnover, and that's what I was going to say. If you if you take those two turnovers away, if you take away that awful roughing the passer personal foul on third down that where they were getting off the field there. And I think, I don't remember who it was who pushed DTR out of bounds uh, late, but basically you get that 15-yard, you know, personal foul uh, penalty, and that killed and their momentum. The so, you know. I don't get it. It's hey, a we get it. We get it. We get it. Thank ESPN you, with ads. Jesus. Jeez, Louise. Anyway, my apologies. So you feel like. I, so I feel like last week, my point was last week, I felt like you were execution away from winning that game meaning if you hadn't had that bad penalty and cam hadn't turned it over twice i think that's a very close game now if you win it or lose it i don't know who who knows right but i think that's you know within a touchdown if you don't make those three mistakes right there so to me i know this team can score 30 i know tavion on 18 carries put up 91 yards last week against a better defense yes, than they're see this week so to me I look at this game and I say, okay, you're at home. You know, it, 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 it's it's under the lights. Like, you know, you're probably sold out for this game, I would guess. You know, like, you're going to be in a good yeah, spot. You are, yeah. So, to me, I think they're going to be in this game, definitely. Like, I, I, I would expect a better level of execution from Cam Rising this week. But I well, have a lot of trouble. I have to be honest. I have a lot of trouble speaking the words, Utah is going to win this game. I'm struggling to do that. I don't have a lot of confidence in wow. that concept. You know, just looking at defensive rankings, I mean, this is a this is it this is going to be a run this is going to be a running game. I mean, you're you're going to run the ball effectively or stop the stop the ball effectively or you're not. Um and if if you're not going to do that, I'm telling you right now, you're not going to win. I I look at some of the numbers on on USC, I mean, it is. It's remarkable to me, just 
how bad they are. I mean, they they have they t- USC. I don't think there's any doubt plays down to their opponent, but you're not playing down to Utah. It's in Salt Lake City. You're at look, you know, Rice Eccles Stadium. I don't I don't see how that happens. Yeah, you know, but I I think one of the more interesting numbers in this game is um you know when you when was the last time that you know USC started six and zero. 2006, mm-hmm. this is a good football team. Yeah. And they're playing good football. And I think one of the things that we all want to we all want to write off is the fact that Utah's struggling defensively for the first time in how long. I I don't I don't know how how relevant that is, but what I do know is you can turn that around against an offense like like USC. Yeah. Or you're going to lay down and they're going to score 40 points on you. And I don't see this as a laydown team. Even though I get it, Utah's four and two, USC's six and zero. Oh, I go back to USC struggling to beat Oregon and Oregon State and Corvallis. I think that's very similar. This yeah. game's going to be played at altitude. I think that's a huge impact on this game. I, I'm just, I'm telling you, this is going to be a one play game. Totally. And I think if Cam turns the ball over again, I think that's a that's a huge problem for Utah. They they have got to play assignment sound football. Um, you know, they, they, they cannot give up. They cannot allow USC to outrush them. They're 0 and 10 when they give up, uh, 200 yards or more. And you just, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I go back to, I go back to, what is it? I think 2017 is where that stat is based on since 2017, Utah's 0 and 10 when they give up 200 yards on the ground. My word. I mean, yeah, I, dude. The, the, it, it it's huge. Yeah. And when you look at you look at the fact that USC has has run for 200 yards twice this year. Now, granted, Rice and Fresno State are not the teams that Utah are. Right. But how confident are you in Utah's defense to stop the run? Because I got to be honest with you, I'm not that confident at this point. At the same time, and and I don't disagree with you. At the same time, it's it. I I also have trouble saying they're going to give up 200 yards on the ground. Like you know what I mean? Like. It's it's as for like if we just go with the the basics here, right? We don't read too deep into it. If I said to you, hey, you know, Kyle Whittingham, a Kyle Whittingham led football team, you know that he's a defensive first guy. Right away, I would say, yeah, there's no way they're giving up 200 on the ground. Like, there's no way, right? Like, that's probably not going to happen. But then you start looking at you know offensive schemes, and it's Lincoln Riley, and it's USC, and they've got a lot of talent back there. So to me, yeah, I agree. If you give up 200 yards, you're you're most definitely not winning this game. At the same time, I think that that Utah is more than capable of getting the job done. I I was I watched basically every play of that UCLA game, and that penalty is where the game kind of went downhill for you. You gave them a touchdown with that penalty. Yeah. You gave them another touchdown with that bad interception against the Tampa two concept that UCLA ro- rolled out. So to me. I just think if you if you clean it up, you don't turn the football over, you play your game, you know, you execute, you're going to be in a close game with USC. That said, I think that them winning by one possession is totally possible. I think if I think you would talk to win this uh, by a touchdown. Yeah, I don't know. We'll 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 get into that. Football 50 in 3 minutes. We'll talk about Devontae Adams presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza, don't forget Utah Grizzlies head coach Ryan Kanasiewicz in 30 minutes from right now at 7.15 as uh, the boys get ready to head up to Boise. Hey, don't forget you can uh, see the Utah Grizzlies Saturday night at 7 
uh, up in Ogden at the Weber County Ice Sheet uh, as the uh, Steelheads will flip down to uh, Ogden to take on the Grizzlies in the second game of the preseason. Um, there are tickets available for that game. Um, the It's actually a really good deal. It's $15 a ticket. You get two games. Um, the Mustangs play at 3. The Grizzlies play at 7.10. Jake and I will be there. Um, Jake will be walking around with a camera that will stick in your face if you don't even ask him to. He yeah. does it anyway. Yeah, no boundaries. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, hello. Uh, respect my space, bro. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Tyson, Waddy, and I will have the call on the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube, cha- uh, YouTube channel both Friday night and Saturday night, games one and two of the preseason against uh, the Steelheads. Um, make sure you go and subscribe right now. Do me a favor. Two things I need from you. Please give us a thumbs up. Hit the like button on this show right now. We could really use that support. Um, that helps us grow exponentially on this show. So all 68 of you that are watching the show right now, please give us a thumbs up. Um, that's a big deal. And then go find the Utah Grizzlies YouTube channel. Uh, we are broadcasting all the games on that channel. All of our work, Jake and I are producing a daily training camp report. Uh, we're doing a um, kind of, how would you call it? A documentary on the, the season? It's like a doc. It's like, you know, a docu-series. A docu-drama. I mean, it, it, it is what we're basically trying to do with that um, is we're just trying to, to take you behind the scenes and, and put you in the room for the moments. That's how I like to verbalize it. I mean, it, it's not... Like, you know, it's not going to be to the level of hard knocks per se because of the lack of resources, but I think it's going to be damn good for what we're able to well, do. And our, and, our camera guy sucks too. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's just a complete joke and embarrassment. He's a so, hack. You know, he's he's just a hack. Uh, you know, All that so. stuff that you see us putting out on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, that's that's us yeah. doing that. That's like yeah. the two of us. All gas, uh, no break. So... It's been it's been great fun. Again, we're partnered with the Grizzlies and the people at the Maverick Center. We're our studio. We are slowly, yeah. By the way, by the way, that's moving. we're 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 looking for what next week. Hopefully next week we'll be we'll start broadcasting live at the Maverick Center. Uh, really excited about that. So Ryan Kanaswich will join us here coming up uh, in about twenty five minutes right here on the show. But right now it's time for football at fifty ten to the hour every hour on the Monty Show. We bring you the biggest stories in the uh, world of football presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more in the Papa Murphy's app. That's the best way to do it. Download the app uh, and get to it. Let's talk about Devontae Adams because this is ridiculous. I I mean, just – and listen, I understand that this is a thing – I understand that Devontae Adams shoved this young guy, but that you are charging Devontae Adams with assault for this is kind of ridiculous to me. He shouldn't have shoved him, but that angle, and I want to play this again because I think this angle does not show the actual facts of what happened. There's a back angle that I believe is copyrighted. That's why we're not playing it. But you can see Devontae Adams is walking this way. And the guy just doesn't even pay attention and walks right in front of Devontae. And I actually, for once, believe what an athlete says when they're in trouble. He said, he walked right in front of me, he ran into me, and I just reacted. I, this Does this really meet the bar for assault? Well, no. I mean, okay, so by the, by the letters on the paper, sure. By the letter of our world and normal reality, not particularly. I mean, I, I we were listening to a... 
I think it was Dan Patrick yesterday. I heard a bite where he was basically saying, like, this guy had his head down. He was carrying a bunch of stuff, like, just not even paying attention. And to me, yeah. that's the crux of this whole situation. Yes. Like, yes. the guy is just carrying all this stuff. He's not paying attention to where he's walking. And he walks right in front of a football player. Like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just don't think he's got a leg to stand on. This is not a crime. I'm sorry. You... He, I get it. He's a credentialed member of the media, and they deserve respect. Pick your head up, dude. Like, look where you're walking. You know the game is ending. You know you're walking across a tunnel. I, I don't know. I'm not justifying what Devontae Adams did. I, I mean, he shouldn't have pushed the guy. This is, he, he was issued a citation for misdemeanor criminal assault. This is stupid. Yeah. And, you know, it's like this situation uh, in Tampa uh, the other week with with um, the linebacker, uh, I don't know, the homie, uh, the uh, guy, dude, the Rams linebacker, and I, whose name just went right out of my head, where he shoved the protester on the field, Bobby Wagner. Oh, Bobby Wagner. Where Bobby Wagner, right here, where he hits the guy. This guy's attorney. This guy's attorney. This guy. This guy who's on the, he literally is on the field protesting animal cruelty against pigs. He's running with a pink smoke bomb, and Bobby Wagner earholed him. This guy's attorney says, oh, well, my client has a concussion. He needs to be paid for that. No, he doesn't. He needs to not run on the field and trespass Idiot. against the National Football League. And I also look at this 10-year-old kid. Runs onto the field and gets leveled. He also, his dad says he has a concussion. Well, hey, Dad, if you're so worried about his flipping brain... Why did you let him run on the field in the first place? Idiot. Is this guy that got shoved by Devontae Adams different? He is. He's there working. He's a professional. There, there should be respect paid for that. He's also got to respect the space of the athlete. Yeah. And I say, I feel like I say this all the time. When you work around professionals and you work around athletes, you need to respect their time and space. Right? You're in their domain. And this cat certainly did not do that. Now... Again, I am not justifying that Devontae Adams shoved this guy because he should not have done that. This is not a crime. And we're getting to a point now where everybody's litigious and I don't understand. Like, is, does this guy want a payday? I mean, it's, and if I'm Devontae Adams, the way I handle this is I call this guy. And I'm like, hey, man, you know what? We had just lost a really difficult game. I'm sorry that happened. What can I do to help you, man? Because, like, I, I, I obviously, I, I was wrong here. Because he said after the game, Devontae said after the game, I was wrong. Yeah, but, I, the, but the conversation, this is the problem with our world right now. The conversation isn't about whether Devontae was right or wrong. Everyone agrees, hey, he was wrong for pushing him. Devontae said after the game, hey, I'm wrong. Like, I'm accountable. I'm sorry. I, You know, he said what he said. And now this guy wants to take it a step further and take Devontae's money. And I just... Yeah, I, I get burned out on schemers trying to get paid off of something they shouldn't get paid on. Look at Jesse Harsh, who is rapidly ascending to one of my favorite listeners on the show. I believe he's past Tanner, but everybody's past Tanner. Uh, as a person, this is unfair to Devontae. As a guy in law school, get that money, my guy. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Attaboy. Um Josh Lubbern says, Sherman had Marshawn on his podcast and Wilson was a topic. 
Interesting. I did not see that. I'll go back and listen. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, freaking Goober is lucky Adams didn't Draymond him. Oh, my God, dude. Wow. There was no crime committed here other than the equipment guy is a Goober. Pick your head up, man. Like, I don't think that's asking much. Alex Shakon. Good morning, Alex. Good to see you. Uh, says security should have made sure he was never in that position. Security at Arrowhead wasn't doing their job all night. Well, yeah. Uh, Boyd Lake says Adams didn't even see him until the collision. Dude is carrying a bunch of gear. It was an accident. There was a shove. That's unfortunate. I exactly think that right. I, that's 100% exactly right. And I think that athletes could really help themselves by helping dudes stand up. If, if Devontae would have just taken a moment and said, hey, man, I'm really sorry, like in the moment after he pushed him, hey, I'm really sorry, you just popped in front of me, I, I, that's my fault, picks him up and sends him on his way. Yes. Does Is dude all pissed off and suing, and suing or whatever? Probably not. Probably not. Probably like, so not. So that's where I think that in certain situations, athletes can help themselves. But the Bobby Wagner incident, I have no remorse for that guy running on the field. That 10-year-old kid who got speared at the 10-yard line, Yeah, I have no remorse for you. Well, and the 10-year-old kid is a is a bigger issue because, I mean, this is, where's your where are your parents? Who are you at this game with that you're 10 years old and you're able to just run out on the field? Like, yeah. who, are you kidding me? Uh, all right, let's switch to sad, pathetic, and unfortunate, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, here we go. All right, uh, Football 50 presented by... Papa Murphy's Pizza. I wish we could leave it there. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, my least favorite quarterback right now is Justin Fields. Right. And I think he's a bust. I I, I don't even know that there's a, frankly, as somebody that tries to stir conversation every day on, on this show, I don't even know that there's much to talk about here. I think, I think, Justin Fields is a bust. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I think that he hasn't lived up to where they drafted him. That said, that said, I'm also a big believer in this concept that when you have poor coaching, you have a bad organization, a bad team, like when you're not putting good positions, it's going to be tough for you. Now, on that same token, you have guys in the league, you know, i.e. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, these guys that have come in and been able to do something with a pretty mediocre setup and organization. So, yeah, I guess it really depends on how you view this. My opinion is is that I think if he were in a better position, you know, he's probably a better quarterback. But Bro, for he's now, compete he, Okay, so I understand the coaching thing. He's completing 55% of his passes. Right, Do but how understand? many of those how many of those are when we watch Bears games, how many times does it hit a guy in the hands or how many times is dude okay, not caught I, a ball? I don't even disagree with that. But that's why QBR is a thing. His QBR is 37. He sucks. Like, he is not right now an NFL quarterback. And I agree he's probably not getting the help he needs. He's got Aaron Rodgers as offensive coordinator. But what does that even mean? They, I, at some point, you have to look at this cat and say, Justin Fields isn't that dude. And I, I, I appreciate that he's got a defense, a defensive coordinator, a defensive mind for a, a head coach in Eberflus. Totally understand that. He has tools to do better. The biggest complaint in Chicago is we don't have an offensive line. Yeah, I agree. He's running for his life. That does not excuse a QB, a, a QBR of thirty-seven. I mean, a rating of uh, of at home. He's rated a fifty-two. The motherfucker. He rated a fifty-two at home. 
That's on the coaches? You have no offensive line. You can be rated higher than a 52 with no offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, maybe. Yeah. I said fi he is rated yeah, 52, 52 at home. I get it. You're going into stats here about a guy who's playing for one of the worst organizations in football. Come on. I don't dude. even disagree. Come on. Okay. Come on, man. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what happened to Allen Robinson then. Allen Robinson's been terrible for the Rams. He was actually pretty good for the Bears. Like it, at some point, you got to start looking at the player and saying, just do the rudimentary, basic stuff. As a player, as a professional athlete, control what you can control. You can't complete 55% of your passes. Is this yeah. guy ever a 3,000-yard passer in the NFL? With a better offensive line, yeah, I think he is. Really? Yeah, okay. I think he is. If he's not, if dude, if he's not constantly having to run for his life, and he can get three seconds to stand there, he's probably a better quarterback. Like I, that, we've just always disagreed on it. That's all. Yeah, football fifty percent by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Have you gotten your Jacko pizza yet? Nine one one. What's your emergency? I smell something delicious, and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's. <laughs> Love that commercial. I still yeah, do. We might have to get some of that tonight, bro. I don't. You know. I, I, mm. I'm a mm. fan. I'll tell you what, though. Yesterday, mm. Mm, I could have gone for some Papa Murphy's. Uh, I love Papa Murphy's pizza. I do. I'm a huge fan, as you guys are, are as you guys are well aware. Use the promo code Monty25. Uh, to get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Hey, if you run on the field and get tackled, go to utahadvocates.com um, because your consultation is going to be free when they're going to tell you you violated the terms of service on the back of your ticket and you were trespassing. Yeah. They won't charge you to tell you you're doesn't matter idiot. if you were carrying a mic or not. <laughs> go to the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. I mean, there has just been... Driving Mrs. Monty home from her eye procedure yesterday, um, absolutely, positively one of the dumbest accidents I've ever seen was a guy trying to cut across four lanes of traffic in his little Hyundai Fit, Honda Fit trick thing, um, and he just about hit a guy on a motorcycle because he wasn't looking. Uh, I'm telling you, if you're a motorcycle fan, if you ride motorcycles, if you've gotten in an accident on a motorcycle, Absolutely, the advocates can help you as a motorcycle rider. Um, they know how to protect you. They know what your rights are. Absolutely call them. You did not deserve to get in an accident. You need somebody to fight for you. That's why you go to the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Get your free consultation today. Tell me you heard about it on the Montee Show. BYU and Utah have two big games this weekend. What are these teams playing for? Uh, we'll talk about that after I tell you Ryan Kanaswich, the head coach of the Utah Grizzlies, will join us here in 15 minutes. I think BYU has a ton to play for here. Credibility-wise, this is a huge weekend for them. Um, you've lost to the two best opponents you've faced. Now, I maintain that the rest of their schedule is no walk in the park, including Liberty, um, which I actually think is one of the most difficult games left on their schedule. you got to find any way, some way, somehow – to come up with a dub against the Arkansas Razorbacks. And my guess is more aggressive play calling offensively will likely accomplish that. Are we, are we, I don't know, is likely the word? Are we likely to see that? Well, when you listen to Aaron Roderick talk about slow starts, 
Uh, it doesn't give you a lot of confidence. If, if I knew the answer, we would have fixed it a long time ago. You know, we're, so it's a program-wide thing. We've, we've started slowly a lot this year, and something we're talking about as a team. We, we you know, did a few tweaks to our routine this week. Uh, you know, the guys, I don't know if, if anybody's already said this, but we've been getting the guys up a little earlier this week and doing some different things that just try to... Lifting in the morning? I think yeah, just doing thing. a few things and see if that makes a difference. But bottom line is we just have to focus better and be ready to play, you know, right from the first snap. That drives me crazy. When you say you have to focus better, I, I, I am, I just, we just talked about it. As an athlete, you got to really concentrate on the things you can control. Yeah. Are you telling me you're showing up not focused? Are you telling me? I have a hard time believing that. We've talked to a lot of, of BYU football players on the show. We just talked to Harris Lachance yesterday. If you missed that, go find it on our YouTube channel. Find it on my Twitter feed, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show on Twitter. I, that's not a guy who lacks focus. You know, talking to Max Tooley last week, that's not a guy that lacks focus. Like, I just, I don't know what the answer to the slow starts are. I agree with what A-Rod said there. Hey, if we had an answer, if we knew why we were starting slow, we would have addressed it already. But why have you not figured that out? Yeah. I And it, you know why they haven't figured it out? Because they're not looking at themselves. I think they're looking at the players. And I'm telling you that play calling is a big reason that BYU is off to this slow start. And, and Jake, I think you have to be far more aggressive offensively um, if you if you are the BYU coaching staff. Yeah, I completely agree. Here's my question. When, it, when does it stop becoming a slow start and it starts becoming just who you are as a football team? That's my question. I mean, is it is that week eight? Is that week 10? Like, when, what, you know what I mean? Like, for college football, you don't get 18 weeks, right? You get, what, 10, 12 weeks or whatever it is? So, yeah. to me, yeah. we're at the halfway point here. So, when does it stop becoming about a slow start and it starts becoming, yeah, this is who we are? That's my first question. Uh, I also think, yeah, to your point, if you're more aggressive in the play calling, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that that would pay dividends. I think, you know, we had a whole conversation yesterday on this show about how, you know, defensively, if if you put Max Tooley and Ben Bywater in positions to rush the quarterback and, and you put them in positions to be athletes and make plays, they're probably going to make those plays, you know, and, and that's why I'm a bigger fan of where the defense is at right now than the offense because I know, like, against Oregon – I know for a fact that that BYU defense had it out for Oregon, and they just over-pursued. They overplayed a lot of the plays in front of them, a lot of the opportunities. You can work with that, right? If yes. I say to a guy, hey, we got to take better angles and not over-pursue, and that will put you in a better position with your body to make the tackle, great. I can work with that. That's fine. I can't work with, hey, we got to focus more. And, you know, our best solution at this point is we've been getting the guys up a little earlier to try to kind of change the feel yeah. so that they can focus better. That, to me, feels very generic. It feels kind of kind of bland, if you will. It doesn't feel like there's real X's and O's like, like hey, you know, your technique here or the strategy there, or, you know, whatever it is. So, to me, I just don't love where, where the offense is at right now. And we haven't even this hour gotten into – the protecting Jaron, not you know, playing Jaron hurt when you shouldn't be playing him thing yet. Right. Well, and I, I think that's a I think that's a thing. And if you if you listen to Aaron Roderick right here talk about, you know, protecting Jaron Hall and that whole situation, this is this should be frustrating as a as a BYU fan. I knew he was gonna start. I knew he was gonna be able to start. I did fear though, just you know, he 
he got hit pretty good in that Utah State game a couple times. Probably the two hardest hits he, that I've seen him take since he's been here. And um, uh, I know there were a bunch of people mad at me how I handled that fourth quarter, but all, I just ran the ball to keep him to not let them hit him again. And so in that fourth quarter, I was running the ball even on third downs and stuff just to was not going to give them another chance to hit him. And so tried to get into the Notre Dame game as healthy as we could. You know, he, he was tough and he was able to play through it, but he's feeling a lot better this week and I expect him to be in a lot better shape. I mean, when you hear that, it's really frustrating to me that that Jaron plays last week. Yeah. You know, like, and you talk about being nice or being too nice, that smacks of exactly of what that is. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just, it, it, it's not, like, in successful, like, I'll just use Nick Saban as an example because everyone knows him. Easy example. Nick Saban doesn't give a damn who you are. He doesn't care, you know, like, on game day, as far as winning a football game is concerned and X's and O's and execution and everything, if if Bryce Young, let's say, is not healthy enough to go, notice Bryce Young doesn't play, right? Notice it's next man up. Now, Bryce Young, when he's healthy, he's still going to be our guy. He's going to be the number one. Everyone knows that. But there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, you know what? Against Utah State, Jaron took an absolute beating, according to A-Rod. He's not going to be ready to go for Notre Dame. And I'm not going to sacrifice in the Utah State game to play him for, at Notre Dame. I'm not doing that. And that's my problem. I wow. think that this coaching staff, and, and, and we can play the Kalani thing again because I think it's relevant to this conversation. Kalani Sataki, I agree with what you're saying has been frustrated. There is zero oh, no doubt, doubt about, about that. that. And and I want to con- con- compare and contrast the way Kalani looks versus co- the way A-Rod looked. We couldn't, didn't get Puka a ball, you know, so that's frustrating. And so, um, yeah, I, I think uh, when you only have 40, what, how many plays do we have total? 46? <laughs> that's, that's not going to do it. And so part of that is defense get off the field. And offense get first downs and keep drives going, um, and and just get more efficient football from our team. As I think what Notre Dame did was was right, on the clock, you know, be balanced, run the ball, throw the ball, and um, that's that's what we should be doing. Mm, that bottle tap is very telling. Notice what he said. That bottle tap is very telling. I mean. Notice what he said. What he said about Notre Dame. Hey, they ran the ball. They threw the ball. They were efficient. They executed, and yeah. we're not doing that. And that's what we should be doing. And so, to me, that like for anyone who pays attention to this program very closely, and and I'm open to the idea that I'm reading too far into this. Okay, I understand okay. that people say that. You don't hear Kalani Sataki say that the way he said it right there very often. And no. to me, that was a low key like shot over a Rod's bow. Like, hey. What do, like we need to get this thing moving a little bit here, and yep. and and that's just it stands out. Yep, I agree. Jeremy Bolton says uh, uh, a five percent Jaron is still better than a hundred and ten percent Caruso. But the question is, yeah, I mean, which clearly you are. Uh, is is he better than a hundred and ten percent Jacob Conover? Because I think much to, and I think it was Jesse Harsh who said it earlier. What does that say about Jacob Conover? When you're willing to play an injured Jaron Hall or a not 100% Jaron Hall, yeah, and you're not willing to play 100% Jacob Conover. I mean, that, I think that's a, a really salient point about BYU because I, I think it is – that's a huge problem. Jeremy also says Conover should have played against Boise State last year. Yes, he should have. 
uh, and should have played against Notre Dame. Jaron is the goat, but hard to be the goat when your shoulder is made of jelly. Agreed. Well, and and again, you heard Aaron say there a, a moment ago um, that Jaron took two huge hits against Utah State. Well, water's wet, and Utah State injured a BYU quarterback, right? I mean, we know these things. Yeah. And to me, I, I just don't know why you played him. I don't. I, I think it's really frustrating. And it, it is, I think a lot of this is play is is play calling. I, I truly do. Tanner says, that's why I like A-Rod, Jesse. He's he's willing to hold himself accountable when he messes up. I, I agree he, with that. But uh, he hasn't. What do you what do you hold on? What do you mean he's willing to hold himself accountable? Well, yeah, I mean he he straight up said that, you know, we we you know, I know I took a lot of heat and I know people were upset about the way I called the, because there was a lot of talk about the fact that he called 837 straight running plays. That's an exaggeration. But he's not holding but, himself accountable there. But he's at least explaining it. I mean, he said he's at least explaining it and I, and I think when you you listen to this bite from from him talking about slow starts, I, I actually do think he wears some of, of if, if I knew the answer, we would have fixed it a long time ago. You know, we're, so it's a program-wide thing. We've we've started slowly a lot this year and something we're talking about as a team we you know did a few tweaks to our routine this week uh you know the guys I don't know if, if anybody's already said this but we've been getting the guys up a little earlier this week and doing some different things that just try to lifting in the morning yeah just doing a few things and see if that makes a difference but bottom line is we just have to focus better and be ready to play you know right from the first snap that's what I'm saying. Like, at least he's taking yeah. some program-wide I mean, he's being blunt and honest about it. But I, what did Harris say yesterday? There's a huge accountability in the offensive line room. What are you hearing? Hey, yeah. you know, like, the, I think there's accountability, but what is accountability without change in behavior? Yeah. That's the that's the biggest question. When we talk about professional athletes, it, 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 and I know that we throw out these terms and we love talking about, hey, you know, we're this and we're that and we're accountable and we're the – well, that's great that you want to hold yourself to some high accountability level. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, accountability is wonderful if you have a change in behavior. But they doing the same thing over and over again is the exact definition of insanity. If you're going to do this same stuff over and over and over again, and you are going to expect a, you know, a different result, you're crazy. Yeah. You're not, you can't do the same thing you've always done. Because that's going to net you the same thing you've always gotten. So we love throwing out these buzzwords like, oh, accountability. And, you know, we're talking about this and we're meeting about this. And Well, that's great. But if the end result's the same, what does all that accountability mean? A waste of time is what it means. That's exactly what it means. And in professional sports, it means you wasted opportunity. Yeah. We've got to, if you are BYU and you are a, 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 a football player, we as the media have got to ask better questions. We have got to say to BYU, well, hey, it's great you guys are accountable, but what does that mean that, hey, we're getting guys out of bed? Getting guys out of bed earlier for a 130 game isn't going to make them come out and be fired up and ready to go. Right. And again, I don't mean to be redundant, and, and I know I get fired up over this. I'm tired of hearing about buzzwords. I'm tired of hearing about we're trying this and we're trying that. When it comes to sports, we love to use these cliches. Yeah. I don't care if you have accountability if the behavior does not change. Fact. That's... That's not accountability. Yeah. That's like some narrative, and that's all well and good. 
We need better performance. Yeah. That's what this football team needs. Yeah. Better performance and a higher level of accountability. Because you are not winning anything in the Big 12 because, well, you know, we had to get guys out of bed a little earlier. We're kicking off at 1.30. I, I get it. I get it. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about, you look at the age group that we're talking about. And at BYU, these guys are more mature, as Notre Dame was so happy to point out, because they've all served church oh, missions. They're a bunch of old guys. Right, yeah, hey, they're, you know, they're 24, 25. Yeah, yeah well, they pointed that out. Do I have to, mo if you're 25 years old and I have to motivate you to come out and play hard? Oh, well, it's a 1.30 game. I'm tired, Mom. Yeah. Well, your job is to go play football. Yeah. If we couldn't motivate you at Allegiant Stadium at 7.30 on, on national television, are we going to be able to motivate you at home when you slept in? Oh, well, we slept in too late. Get out of here. Accountability without a change in behavior is an absolute waste. Yeah. It's an absolute waste. All right. We'll get back to BYU in just a bit. Uh, but a pleasure now to welcome in uh, the head coach of the Utah Grizzlies, Ryan Kanasiewicz, uh, to the show. Coach, good morning. Thanks. You got out of bed early today. Should we expect you to have a lackluster day? No, I'm in, in the gym at the Maverick Center right now. So, <laughs> You know, it it's funny. You're actually the perfect guy because I thought one of the more interesting things we saw at practice yesterday is, you know, you really, you, you got really fired up for the first time. We hadn't seen that from you in the first, you know, two days of of, you know, of, of training camp, but talk about, talk about that fine line that you as a coach walk, because if you're getting fired up every day and you raise your voice or you're, you know, we talk, we're talking about accountability with athletes. Like at some point, doesn't that fall on deaf ears? If that's how you are constantly handling things. That's what, that's what I believe in. Um, if you're screaming, yelling at them every day, I mean, there, it's going to be one in one ear out the other. Um, Yesterday, you know, we had a had a bunch of returning guys that uh, went third in the drill and screwed it up. So uh, that really pushes my buttons, and it takes a lot to get me fired up. But uh, you saw a little bit of it yesterday. It does take a lot to get you fired up. And one of the things that, and I think you and I have talked about this on the show last time you were on, but one of the things that I, I find so refreshing about your style is that you are pretty level headed. I mean, it seems like you you understand that there are going to be good shifts and bad shifts. So I wonder through training camp here, and granted, it's only been the first three days, but through the first three days, are you happy with the effort that you've seen from your guys? I'm extremely happy. I mean, even yesterday up, up to that last drill that we had, everything's been pretty, pretty good. Obviously, it's never going to be perfect. Um, there's, it's a game of mistakes. You know, guys are going to make mistakes constantly. And if you're jumping down their, <clears throat> jumping down their throat, you know, any chance you have, it's, it's going to take away their creativity and their confidence. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a very interesting word you just used there, creativity, because I think one of the things that really stands out about this team is you have a lot of guys who who understand how good this team should be. You have a lot of guys that understand that there are expectations um, for this club this year. I mean, are, are I, I would imagine that you're you're fired up as a coach to see your guys understanding that and embracing that and then putting in the work on the ice to, to get ready to perform at that level. Yeah, and I think you see that uh, first and foremost with how how professional these guys are and how they took care of themselves in the summer. You know, uh, a lot of these guys, some of them work in the summer, but you could tell, you know, that I don't think we have a guy in camp that's out of shape right now, and, and it shows in our pace every day. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there's any doubt in talking to your guys. Every one of them has talked about 
um, you know, uh, you know, about being in shape. And I, I, I think one of the things you really were ready for, and every guy I think has said to, to us, as we have talked to them, Hey, we knew that we were playing at pace. We knew that there was going to be a certain intensity. I mean, how much communication was there or, you know, how, how did you get these guys ready mentally for the camp that you, that you are putting on right now? Um, I think obviously with a lot of returning guys, they know what to expect from me and, you know, the new guys coming in and just, you know, we talk in the summer about, you know, being professionals and, and, and showing up into camp. Uh, our biggest thing is we want to hit the ground running, right? Where we got so many returning guys, um, you know, come, come next Friday, uh, we should just kind of turn things over from last year is what, what the hope is here. Yep, next Friday, obviously, the 21st opening night uh, at the Maverick Center. Make sure you get to utahgrizzlies.com to get your opening night tickets, really opening weekend tickets. It's going to be a great weekend of hockey. But let me ask you about your your forward group. Um, you know, obviously, that is – I mean, you have a lot of speed up front. You have a lot of guys that are familiar with your system. Are you happy with the way that those guys are performing now? Do you see, as a coach who's got to make some tough decisions, because it looks like you have a lot of competition – are you happy with the way that that forward group is coming together? Yeah. And, you know, we've met with, with everyone over the last couple of days and the best thing they can do. And I know it's, it's tough on them, but it's a compliment to them is when they make our job difficult. You know, when we have to make some tough decisions here, come next week, uh, it's going to be difficult, some conversations, but you know, the, the competition that we have in our camp right now, especially up front is, is fantastic. Yeah. I, I would uh, I would say you have quite a bit of competition. Are you seeing are you seeing separation there? Like obviously you just said that it's difficult, but are you as a coach and are you and Jared Pike, your assistant coach, are you guys seeing that kind of separation? Are you able to start grouping those guys out a little bit? You can start seeing it. Uh, you know, one guy that's really sticked out is uh, stuck out is Taron Pfizer. Um, he's his pace out there and his his skill is pretty elite. Um, we also we're gonna have a couple couple guys coming in from we got Tyler Penners driving in today, uh, and then a couple other potential forwards coming in next week. So that's just gonna bolster a group and make decision, decisions even harder. Well, you know it's interesting you bring up Tyler's name because that's a guy that you were able to count on night in and night out last year. I mean, what does it mean to have him back when you know that you can pretty much pencil his name on the card every single night? He's just he's a he's a consummate professional. Um, you know, he, he does things the right way. And obviously playing all 90, 90 games, was it for us last yeah. year? Yeah. Uh, a lot of hockey, but um, you can see the growth in his game. And, you know, he was, he was off at Manitoba camp and that was well-deserved. And uh, all the reports back from there is, is he did a fantastic job up there. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. Are you talk about your goaltending a little bit? Obviously, you know you are you're a guy that um, you know. I see that you you watch that closely. I mean, you have two guys that are, are competing. I mean, Garrett Metcalf, who's a local guy, but um, you know, are you happy with what you're seeing competitively between your two goaltenders? Yeah, uh, you know, talking with Garrett yesterday, he looked a little tired. Uh, um, we're not used to having just two goalies here in camp. You typically we have three, but those guys have worked extremely hard and. Uh, you know, they're both six foot four. They move extremely well. Uh, and I, I can't wait to drop the puck tomorrow night in Boise. Yeah, Lucas Parikh's a problem, though, man. He hurt my feelings yesterday. He said some critical things in my Jordans and, you know, like that. He's a Jordan guy. I'm a Jordan guy. He did not like the threes that I had on yesterday. I'm really going to need you to crack the whip on him and get him in, get him in line on my shoe collection, Coach, because 
I'm pretty upset about that. I, I don't know anything about fashion or clothes. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to. You know, the funny thing is, like, we put on on you you put up video of him and and fans from different cities where he's played are commenting on the Grizzlies Twitter about him as a guy like he's an interesting guy. He's a really big personality, obviously. But what about him? Why is why did you bring him here? Uh, You know, talking with Colorado, they thought he was a very intriguing uh, prospect. Um, you know, he was with the LA system and, and that kind of ran its course, but he's only 22 years old and, and goalie age, that's extremely young. So uh, for him to, uh, to come in here and, you know, take a, take a chance on himself. I, I think we're going to see, I mean, we saw it last year with, uh, with how well he, he played in Rapid City and, you know, we're hoping he can, he can build on that and just continue to grow. Well, and I think that's one of those positions, Ryan, where really, I, I don't have to tell you this, it feels like you get a lot of turnover there. There's a lot of movement um, in that. I mean, you know, Garrett Metcalf's a really good example of that. You know, he, he goes up to the A last year. Obviously, he ended a little early with the shoulder, but it, it seems like that is that is constantly in flux uh, between the pipes for you guys. Like, how challenging is that when when a lot of times you have movement at that position? You know, it, it's it's part of the league. Um, there's there's a ton of movement day to day in our league. Uh, goalies being one of them. But uh, you know, we were lucky last year, and we've been really lucky to have Garrett over the last few years to be kind of our our backbone there. And uh, you know, I was really happy to see him get rewarded last year and get a chance in the American League. And you know, let's be honest, that position's it's the toughest position. You know, goal gets scored on him. You can always blame the goalie. You know, he, he always yeah. should have thought that. So um, it, it's a position that uh, maturity really helps your development. So, you know, as these guys age, they're like a fine wine, you know. As they age, they only get better. Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Kanaswich, the head coach of the Utah Grizzlies, is our guest here on the Monty Show. Um Speaking of tickets, you guys are going up to Idaho. Uh, we'll see you there Friday night. But then you guys play in Ogden uh, at the Weber County Ice Sheet on Saturday. That's an interesting. That's an interesting opportunity. Uh, you know, to be in the community. Um, you know, it's a great. It's a doubleheader. It's a fifteen dollar ticket. It's really easy for people to get into that. I have to imagine you guys are looking forward to you know to getting back into your fan base to seeing your fans in person. Are, are you guys looking forward to that game in Ogden? Yeah, you know, last year was our first year doing it there, and, and the crowd was fantastic. I mean, even the guys were saying how, you know, how revved up it was there, and uh, it's it's a little different uh, being on the Olympic sheet, obviously, but you know, we're, we're practicing on one all week, so you know, we should be uh, should be able to use our speed and and you know, put on a good show. By the way, speaking of uh, ice rinks, that uh, that little barn called the Maverick Center is getting a nice little uh, facelift. Uh, it was nice to walk in yesterday and see the big video board going up. Like I, I would imagine you have to be really excited about the way that building's going to look and, and I maybe performs the wrong word, but I mean, that's going to be a, a, a fantastic home ice advantage for you guys. Yeah. I, obviously we haven't had one uh, in the past. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, just what our, our front office has in store as far as uh, in-game entertainment and stuff like that. I, I it should really up the value to our game and the guys are all excited talking about it. And, uh, you know, I can't wait till uh, opening night to see those boards on. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, coach, good to talk to you. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, best of luck and stay healthy this weekend against Idaho. All right. Thank you. 
There you go. That is Ryan Kanaswich, uh, the head coach of the Utah Grizzlies. And I'll tell you what, being around them, um, you know, every day he works at a certain intensity and I give, I give Ryan a lot of credit. Like he, he asks a lot of his guys as far as conditioning and being in shape. Cause he's, he's somebody, and this is not dissimilar to BYU, yeah. frankly. Yep. It's interesting when you have that request and you hold your guys accountable to that because you look at the way his Grizzlies showed up in camp. I think he hit the nail on the head. I have been incredibly impressed with the shape that they've been in mm-hmm. because they know if they're not in shape and if they are not at peak shape the minute they step on that ice, they're probably not going to be here. Well, and that's that's kind of what I've been getting at with BYU. Like I, 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 while we're talking about health or you know whatever the factors may be, it, athletics and sports is very black and white. You're either doing the job or you're not, and and if you're you can't create an environment like with this whole Jaron being hurt and still playing him situation. Yeah. You can't create an environment where it's okay for your guy to be hurt and you're just going to keep running him out there to the point where it's going to affect your 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 playbook and your play calling and what what you're able to do. So like with the Utah Grizzlies, yeah, th- those guys know coming to camp, yeah, I better damn well better be in shape because I know that Ryan Kanasiewicz is going to push the pace. And I think that that is that's the that those guys understanding that to me is just a mark of his ability to lead them properly. Cause yeah. when your leader sets a tone and you win, because again, if you don't win, who gives a damn, but when you win and you make a playoff run, that's why those guys are in shape and ready. Yeah. I think it is. I'm excited. It's great being around that team again. It's great. That organization is so community focused. Um, obviously they, they had a phenomenal year last year. I mean, they, they, the first, I mean, that's one of their most successful seasons ever, frankly, but the fact that they were able to do it and be so community focused and continue to bring in talent here and watching the avalanche last night, unfortunately smoke my Blackhawks, um, you know, watching the avalanche last night, knowing, um, how good they are. It's, it is a lot of fun to be around that club. So, Hey, by the way, in Ogden on Saturday, um, 7-10 7-10 face-off, uh, 3 o'clock face-off for the Mustangs. Um, it's 15 bucks to get in. It is a super cheap ticket. Um, and if you you look at this Utah Grizzlies team, I think you are going to see really good hockey Saturday night up in Ogden. And then next Friday, opening night for the Utah Grizzlies is going to be phenomenal. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm ready. Uh, yeah. I'm also ready uh, to start making some locks and some picks. Yeah. Uh, here on the Monty Shield presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Um, your confidence level and your belief system on the uh, on BYU. I mean, I'm not incredibly confident that they're going to beat Arkansas. I, I mean, I have to be honest. Like, I look at, again, KJ coming back at quarterback for Arkansas. You know, you've got Rocket in the backfield. Like they had they're dynamic. There's no way there's no way around that. Like Arkansas has a lot of athleticism and speed. Whereas Notre Dame, like Drew Pine can get it done, but he's not like a dynamic, like game breaking talent. Like KJ can be that. And I think that 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 what I'm concerned about for this defense is discipline with your assignment. When you're playing somebody who's athletic and can beat you, the way you beat them is you just do your job. If you're at the right place at the right time doing what you should be doing, typically you're going to be fine. So to me, we've seen some inconsistency defensively with that. And again, like I said, 
I think the defense is in a pretty solid spot. Would I like the scheme to be a little different? Absolutely. I'd like to see them roll eight, nine guys in the box on first down. Absolutely. But again, overall, I think the defense is fine. The offense, uh, the offensive side of this game for BYU is where I'm concerned. Like, I can look at the offense and honestly say I need Aaron Roderick to do a better job calling plays. Yeah. I feel like that's a huge part of this. Now, yes. getting back, and he talked about. You know, you're going to have Puka, you're going to have Gunner, Chase Roberts should be back. Miles Davis has a chance to play this week. Like, if you can get those bodies back in time for Arkansas, we're having a different conversation. He has a much larger play sheet. But I think I think that's a huge, a huge thing for him. Uh, no doubt about it, in, in my mind anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, Stephen Smith says, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 news about having meaningful talks with ESPN and the Pac-12 going to put everything on uh, on the Amazon deal. Well, I think we've talked a lot about this, and I think, you know, from what we have been told by TV sources, uh, we happen to have a pretty deep, um, you know, connection base uh, sources. Uh, network. We have some really good sources in TV um, that are very close to this situation. I understand that, you know, Commissioner has talked about that he's had conversations from what we've been told, those are surface conversations. And I think what the Big 12 is trying to do is put themselves in a, a how much are we worth now? And if we do X, Y, or Z, how much will we be worth then? I think that's what the Big 12 is trying to do. From what I've been told, the Big 12 has not have, had, you know, you know what it was described as nuts and bolts conversations about a TV deal. Um. I've been told that Fox has not had very much of a conversation with the Big 12. I think ESPN has been trying to get the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to merge or at least talk about it, and that has been a non-starter. I think when it comes to Amazon, we were told two weeks ago or a week ago now at this point um, that Amazon is really focused on the Big 10. I think it was very interesting that Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big 10 yesterday, uh, or perhaps two days ago, said that they are really focused on you know, making pragmatic moves, making moves um, that are measured because they're trying to integrate USC and UCLA into the Big Ten. They're trying to figure out how to do that financially. And I think that is a very challenging route to take. Yeah. So I think there's some challenges in that. But I also believe my opinion is that they are trying to make a deal with Amazon or another streaming partner, and I think it's Amazon, um, so that they can afford to add um, Washington and Oregon, which by the way, Rick Neuheisel, um, the former Washington UCLA coach, uh, said yesterday that he, from what he's been told, it's a done deal that Oregon and Washington and Cal and Stanford potentially are all going to the big 10. That only happens if they have a, a stream deal and they can add finances to the pot because they don't want to downgrade their, their finances with their current membership. So there's a lot of challenges in that. And what I would say is I would expect the Big, Big Ten to continue to be aggressive from what I've been told. I would expect the Big 12 to, to continue to, move or, to maneuver the conference. I think since Brett came in, the conference has been very savvy about staying under the radar, maneuvering methodically, not doing the Klyovkov route of we're the biggest and baddest, screw you, we're the best, like, not being boisterous, not coming out and trying to torpedo its membership, like all yeah. the mistakes that George Klyovkov and the Pac-12 have made, I think the Big 12 and and Brett are trying to stay away from that. And I think they're operating under the radar. 
They're having conversations and they're going to act. And I think that the the Pac, I just still maintain, I don't see that the Pac-12 has a road to survival here. Right. I don't. Yeah, so. no, I completely agree. And I think that, uh, appreciate Steve the tip, by the way. Thank you. Um, I, I agree. I think that the Pac-12 has always been, you know, always been run poorly. That's just who they are. That's what their culture has been. That's what their vibe has been. And whether we're talking Larry Scott and TV deals or lack of TV deals, or we're talking George Klyovkov and yeah, that whole bigger, badder, we're the best, screw you mentality. Like I, I think the pack has put itself in a position where it's not going to have a conference anymore because of the dynamics at play here, where most of like a good chunk of your conference is going to the big 10 yeah. and then the rest of it's going to the big 12. I mean, what, what else is there to talk about? And the reason you're in this position is because you make comments like, hey, we did some back-of-the-envelope calculations about, you know, the cost of, you know, UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten, right? That made you look silly because, frankly, the Big Ten is getting massive viewership. The Big Ten is a very successful conference. They are very lucrative with their money. They know how to put deals together, and so that's what I'm saying. This whole this whole thing to me, it it just makes perfect sense. In college football, things that happen only happen because A plus B equals C. So institutions like Grant of Rights in the Pac-12, perfect example. George Klyovkov has been trying to put a TV deal together, right? That's worth, you know, somewhere rumored to be in the, the value of like thirty million a year per school. No school signing that. So it doesn't matter. Whereas they can go to the Big Ten and they can get like 50, 60, even some reports saying 70, 75 million a year from TV rights. Who in their right mind cares to sign 30 million a year just to be in the pack? Because again, and I made this point a couple weeks ago, and I know this is novel, the schools aren't literally moving, right? Like I hope people understand that. We're not picking up these schools, putting them on a dump truck and driving them to Wisconsin. We're not doing that. They're staying in place. It's basically just a, a paperwork, you know, who's, what channel are we going to be on conversation? So it comes down to who can make us more money. That's it. And so to me, I just think it's always been incredible that George Klyovkov has this arrogance. So, you know, yeah, I don't think that the pack has a road to survival, especially with their arrogance. I think I've always maintained if you were a little more humble, if you said, yeah, you know what, we understand that, that right now our viewership is not great and we're working on some things and we're, we we want this conference to survive. For that to happen, we need to figure out X, Y, and Z. If you had just simply said that, you would have been in better place, uh, which is where you would be in life if you had gone to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Like, I mean, you would be in a way better place, right? Because TridayTrading.com slash Monty... Some of your best work. Come on now. That was some of your best work. Uh, That's how you get out of your nine to five. That's how you get off this side hustle grind. And I'm telling you now, it's real. Somebody asked me yesterday again, hey, is uh, day trading a real thing? Day trading is a real thing. 100%. And I'm telling you now, there are people that today will make thousands of dollars day trading because they went to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, signed up for a free webinar, made a decision. That's all I'm asking you to do. Trydaytrading.com. Slash Monty. And no matter where you're listening to the show across the country or across the world, go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and do yourself the favor. Give yourself the gift of taking the five minutes to watch the free webinar and then make a decision. Hey, this sounds great. Let me go on and do this. Hey, nah, this isn't for me. Okay, cool. I get it. 
But I'm telling you, day trading is something that you can absolutely do and build generational wealth, but you have to have the knowledge, the education, and the coaching that TridayTrading.com gives to you. And the best part of Triday Trading is when you're ready to trade and you've been through the program, your first trades are not with your own money. No, no, friends. They are with Triday Trading's money because TridayTrading.com slash Monty is so confident um, in their ability to teach you, coach you, and mentor you into a prolific day trader that they're going to let you trade with their money. Yes. And so much so that if you profit on those trades, they're going to give you 50% of that profit. And that's how you build confidence because they're not just going to abandon you once you graduate the program. You're going to move on and they're going to coach you and mentor you through your growth and development as a day trader. Don't take my word for it. No, please. Why don't you take the word of our good friend, Alema Harrington. Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Triday Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Alema Harrington told you to, so go and do it. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Uh, love those guys. They're a local business. Go check them out. Trydaytrading.com slash Monty. All right, let's get more of your thoughts in here. Um... James Knight says, uh, I try every day and I'm still broke because you haven't been to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Facts. That's what I'm saying. Um, Josh Lovern says, uh, Steve Washington politicians uh, have been working on a bill. I don't know what, what we're What the hell are about. you guys talking about in the comment section right now? Um, Josh Lovern says, UW about to split rev with Washington State 50-50 then. That's crazy. Well, there's a lot of this going on now, and I think this is part of the problem with the Pac-12. The Pac-12 financial model has been broken for a decade, and you're looking at UCLA and Cal having to stay together. Um, you're looking at UW and Washington State. I, I was reading about this the other day that they want UW to support Washington State because they believe they're tied together and that if if UW and Washington State are not in the same conference, it brings damage financially uh, to Washington State. And I think they're trying to, to hook that up. But I again tell you, I think the most pragmatic move for Washington State is being, be, be the dominant guy in the conference. Go to the Mountain West because I think the Mountain West is the conference that stands the most to gain. Yeah. Now, I'm also a huge fan of Kevin Warren. I think the Big Ten is doing it exactly how everybody should, but the Mountain West is actually in a position with a new commissioner coming in to be in a very a very nice place financially. Having said that, if I'm Washington, I'm getting out as soon as I can. And hey, if I have to split money, or I mean, that's just the reality of getting screwed by Klyovkov and Scott in the Final. in the Pac-12. You made your bed, now you got to lie in it, right? Yep. That doesn't preclude you from making move to the Big Ten. Come on, let's go, Shiprock. In fact, I think it precipitates it. So I look at that, and I I think that that is that is that to me is is far more. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says because the Big Twelve doesn't want those Mountain West teams. I think that's a big part of it. Um, Alex Chacon says, why don't the Pac-12 and the Big 12 merge? One, well, I think it's, I think partially what Jeremy just said is exactly right. But two, I think that George Klyovkov is not open to that. And frankly, I don't know that, that if you look at Brett Yormark, I don't know that he's open to that. 
I, I don't know that he is. I mean, there's no reason for the Big 12 after the the, the jawjacking that George Klyovkov has done. <laughs> I don't know that there's any reason for for them to to cohabitate. Hey, you start talking shit. Well, and Klyovkov has. Yeah. Klyovkov has. I just don't see any reason for them to do that. You know, like it is just, it's crazy to me. It is crazy to me that that's the situation you find yourself in. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, fumbling ignorance. Jake, dad, what's a quarterback? Monty, I don't know. We are Bears fans. Well. That's not very nice. I mean, you're casual. not wrong. That's true. But, you know, that's not very nice. Right. That's not very nice right. at all. You know, uh, yes, Josh Levern, GCU's Kevin Warren. Correct. I think Kevin Warren is right now operating above every other commissioner in, in college football, in college sports, period. I mean, what the Big Ten is doing, if they if they lock down an Amazon deal and if there is, you know, we had heard about a, a you know, a, a hard knock style series and if that all comes to fruition, my God, he is a stud. He's a stud now. Yes. I mean, he is, and the thing that I respect about Kevin Warren is he knows what he doesn't know. So he has good people in place that can tell him what he needs to know and what he doesn't know. He has got a good membership. They're clearly together. He has brought unity to the conference. I mean, there's not a whole lot not to like about the Big Ten right now. They're a six-foot blonde, and everybody's looking to smash, dude. Like, yep. it's just it, – it. that's the reality Keep of it. it and I, I think – yeah, I I think that's a that's a big deal. Talking with Raphael podcast on BYU Radio. Hi, Raphael. Good to see you. How's it going? You guys still sponsoring Max Nutrition, Max Muscle Sports Nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. Our good friends, uh, the Reed family that owns uh, Max Muscle in South Jordan. Absolutely. Uh, use the promo code Monty fifteen to get yourself fifteen percent off your purchase at Max Muscle. Um, tell him you heard about it on the Monty show. Absolutely. You should do that. Why Raphael? What are you looking for? Yeah, what, can... are you, what are you looking for, bro? Yep. Let's you, you let's trying to get that. on that gas. Josh Leverett says Kevin Warren's long-term plan is to get GCU into the big 10. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, how about buckets getting it done at Brooklyn? What about it? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says bucket. Oh, luckiest half court shot ever. Neil, you ain't wrong about that. Football 50 in five minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, look, I think it's interesting. I do think it's interesting. And this is just my thought, right? I do think it's interesting that he landed himself in the absolute right spot. Royce O'Neal. Yes. Royce O'Neal landed yeah. himself in the absolute right spot. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it, you know, it gets figured out and he's got a good role on the team. And I, and I think that, you know, and as usual with Royce O'Neal, jazz fans know him well, he needs to knock his threes down. You know, because now you're on a team with a bunch of guys who can knock it down. So you missing and only going one of five on any given night is not going to get it done. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, if the Big Ten is the blonde to smash, what does that make the Pac-12? A wildebeest. Yeah. That's what that, That's what you're going home with. <laughs> name that tune. Anybody? Anybody name that tune? Yeah, can anybody name you that know. tune? Uh, Gage, see, now it, here we go. Now Gage Carter is like Justin Fields is Dude, not that why guy. Are you, why are you stirring the pot, bro? Listen, what, I, what is the deal? Listen, I I can talk about my children being ugly. You cannot. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Truth be told, he's not that guy. You ain't wrong. 
you know, I mean, you ain't wrong. Uh, Nathan Tracy says, love the show. Interested to hear you guys' predictions for BYU when uh, they enter the conference. Wow. I think that's an incredibly difficult prediction to make right now. Very difficult. There's so much that's going to change. Uh, let's. Are you serious? Tanner Plummer says, I definitely can't name that tune. Guy. Really? First, first we have the Sopranos, right? The, you... the Sopranos, was that last week? No, that was this week. That was like Monday. Dude. Where, where he, With all due respect. Yeah, he's like, where'd that drop come? Where you know, That's right, T. Where's that from? <laughs> Dude. That's right, T. And that's now, right, T. And now you don't know that... Come you know, on, guys. That's who you're going home with. I mean, you got to know this. It's the Wolf of Wall Street, Don. Yeah. Donnie, you're out of your element. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Justin Fields is about as relevant in Chicago as RSL is in Utah. Hey, guys. Damn. RSL season ended, right? Did it? Did they lose? They're, they're... <laughs> you walked right into that. Did they lose yet? No, they haven't played yet. Well. It will end. That's my point. I, I'm surprised Tanner hasn't asked about, well, oh, when are you getting an RSL player on? Yeah. Okay, well, if I knew one, no, I'm not going to be a jerk. No, right? no, no. I am one of the painful people who watches RSL soccer. So why don't you put Pablo Mastri, Ma, Ma, Mastacholi, <laughs> Pablo Mastacholi on the show? Bro. No, I'm fine. Sometimes, okay, maybe. Uh, you know, uh, Giggity says blondes to smash out of the Big Ten are few and far between. Oh, I the totally, Ohio bro, State, bro, bro. Have you been to Columbus lately? Now Iowa, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of hoofing going on in Iowa. What I just say? You know. Anyway, uh, 801 West Valley says Utes really think they're going to the Big Ten. They're not. No, they're not. They're a Big Twelve team, bro. Uh, James Knight says, can we ban Tanner? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Why, why are there banning requests? That's our guy, bro. That's our guy. Jesse Harsh says, Jeremy, Justin Fields is about as relevant in, uh, to Chicago as that stallion word of Salt Lake. The stallion's word of Salt Lake. Truth. Uh, I missed that tune. Play it again. Which one is that? Yeah, which which one? What, what are we talking about here? Kurt Meyer says, if we ban Tanner, we would go. we would no longer have a family-friendly show. Well, you know oh. this show's family friendly. Yeah. I mean, come on, dude. Come on, dude. What are, you, uh, what are you talking about? John Jackson, JJ, what's up? Uh, try playing clips from Disney Channel, and Tanner Plummer will recognize it. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Buddy went in. Wow, that is absolutely worthy of a Kawhi laugh. Oh Bro. my god! <laughs> um, Jeremy Bolton says, "I'm telling you, if you get a player or coach from RSL here, you might as well interview a player on the Creekview sixth grade volleyball team. You get the same level of interest." Oh my god! Damn! Wow. Tanner Plummer says, uh, LOL, I actually asked earlier in the show if you could interview Pablo. Like Pablo from... Like Pablo Escobar? Like he's in jail, dude. I don't think he's going to be able to come on the show. No, no, no. You know, what's that show like Napoleon Dynamite, the movie? You want Pablo from Vote for Pablo? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? Arlington Bears says trade up uh, trade update. Chicago Bears trade fields for a horse in Arlington. Let me tell you, the course's QBR is higher. Chris, the horse's QBR is higher than Justin Fields. <laughs> you know. Uh, man, that was good, LOL. That was uh, well done, sir. Steven uh, says, Giggity, once USC-UCLA enter the Big Ten, the ratio of blondes to smash increases. <laughs> 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 ah, 
I love wow. this show. Wow, dude. I love this show. You guys are on point today. Oh, my God. Uh, the show is uh, too I tagged your mama friendly. Yeah. It could be a little bit. It could, no, no, no. It could be a, you know, uh, let's go. Uh, Jeremy Bolton said Pablo Escobar. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Jesse Hart said it's Pedro. Oh, damn, that's right. Pedro Mastacholi. Coaches. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Pedro Mastra Mama coaches. Who the f*** is that guy? Vote for Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. Very true. I did get that wrong. Gage Carter. Did y'all see Ronaldo score his 700th goal? I did. I did. Uh, Mont, it's vote for Pedro, you casual. True. Pablo, haha. Uh, glad to have found the monty show again thought i was stuck with the jokers on that corporate sports station in salt lake city alan welcome to the show alan let's go baby let's go let's go we don't do corporate radio alan who's your team what's your deal bro yeah who who, who are you looking at what do you like to talk about yeah what which uh who are you uh yeah who are you rooting for yeah uh tanner are you crying again wow wow uh, Wow, the only reason he's crying is because he realizes he's too busy to get Papa Murphy's pizza, but he does get football at 50. 10 of the hour, every hour. Again, I mean, you're just on point today, dude. On the Monty Show, we bring you the biggest stories in uh, football. I want to start with this Dan Snyder thing uh, with Washington because, man, I think this is a real problem for the National Football League. Um, This ESPN story, they went in. They went all in on Danny Boy in Washington. The Danimal. ESPN is reporting that Daniel Snyder hired private investigators to dig up dirt on owners and Roger Goodale. Roger Goodale. The commissioner of the National Football League. Uh, And he says he has dirt on those guys, and that's why they can't kick him out of the league. Uh, Dan Snyder also says that all NFL owners hate each other to which all NFL owners said no we only hate Daniel Snyder (laughs) you should get to ESPN.com and read that story Uh, listen this is the same thing I say about Draymond the punch facer face punching guy thing yeah Uh, why was he not cut why is Dan Snyder still owning the team this is a guy that fought to have a a, you know a, a a smear against you know American Indians as his team name this is a guy that's routinely run afoul of decency. He is a misogynist based on his actions, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, like you look at the things he's done. How on earth is he still in the billionaires club? Yeah, man. I I, I don't know. And I think it's, it's one of these things where guys like Dan Snyder will eventually root themselves out. Just the same way Robert Sarver is getting bounced from Phoenix, Dan Snyder will find a way to get himself bounced. And I think that... He is he is right up that alley of guys who talk a bunch of junk and are the loudest barker in the in the room and then yeah. when it comes to backing it up you have nothing to back it up with and so yeah I'm sure he did hire private investigators sure that doesn't mean he's got dirt on every owner that doesn't mean that he's got dirt on Roger Goodell and by the way if they if he does have dirt you think that every other owner and Roger Goodell won't get together and absolutely annihilate you? Get the hell out of here, man. Like, I I just think he doesn't know what he's working with. Yeah, I think the biggest issue here, I mean, pretty plain and simply, is he's a a crap bag. Like, the guy just doesn't belong in a position of power. He's worse, in my opinion, than Robert Sarver. I, I just don't see the point. I don't see the point 
in dealing with this cat. Like I and I I want, in my opinion, I mean, if you're gonna take somebody's livelihood away, which obviously the Washington Commanders are not his livelihood, but if you're gonna take his passion away from him, you better have really good reason. And I think they have more than enough reason. They just won't do it. Yeah. And maybe he does have files and pictures. I don't know. I have no idea. But for my money, I, it's incredibly frustrating he's still there. Yeah. Uh, and worse off and more frustrating is this Devontae Adams story where Devontae Adams was uh, issued a citation for Mr. Me- misdemeanor criminal assault for this incident on Monday night in Kansas City where he pushed a uh, working member of the media as he walked off the field for the Raiders after a very difficult loss. But the other issue here is that there's a better camera angle of that shove that shows the guy with his head down and he just walks right in front of Devontae. But I don't understand why Devontae Adams has not called this guy. Maybe he has, I don't know. But why was there a criminal report filed? Why was there a citation issued? Why have you not just called this guy and say, look, bro, my bad. I'm sorry. How? What can I do for you? Can I pay for a year's worth of chiropractic for you? Can I? How can I help? Yeah. Why have you not done that? And if the guy says, I want a million dollars, okay, great. Go to court because you're not getting a million dollars for this. Right? Like, th- that's what needs to happen. And I just don't understand why Devontae handled it like this. And I agree with you. Jake said earlier in the show, when you knock the guy down, extend your arm and pick him up. And we're not having this conversation. Yet. But yeah. he didn't do that. This is very different than the Bobby Wagner ear hole on the pig activist. This guy's an activist to keep pigs from being slaughtered. This guy now says he has a concussion. He's clearly angling for damages. Yeah. I look at the 10-year-old kid who got whacked by a security guard. Dude, in midair. The kid is literally in midair when he gets hit. Yeah, and this guy is saying now, hey, I have a concussion, and, you know... Okay, well, what are you doing on the field, Jamoke? These guys, in my opinion, are flat wrong. This situation with Devontae Adams, I think Devontae's wrong here. You can't shove the guy. And when you do, you got to help him up, and then you got to call him and say, I'm sorry. I mean, it's that simple. Autograph a jersey, send it to him, let him sell it. Yeah. Who cares? Yep. But you got to do something here other than nothing because I think it just opens you up to liability. 100% and, agree. And then... I don't know. I mean, we just shouldn't bring it up. I mean, what's the upside of talking about Myar and we, the Chicago Bears? Well, apparently you've said there's Chicago. no upside to them at all, you know. What are you picking tonight? I mean, it's a pick em game. It's even between the Commanders and the Bears. Uh, well, just, I know you're taking the Commanders, right? I am taking the Chicago Bears. <laughs> every, every single time. My flag will be flying in front of the crib. I'm a Bears fan. I'm a Bears apologist. I love my Chicago Bears through and through. Yeah. Justin Fields sucks out loud right now. What He's do you not think of the orange uniform? I love the orange uniform. I have the orange hat is sitting on the wall behind me. I'm yeah, right. You yeah, can, you can see, see it. it. Top right corner. Right there. there. Like it's sitting right behind me. I love the orange. I just wish there was a different quarterback wearing orange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean look, I, I we've always disagreed on this. I, I I'm somewhere in the middle. Like yeah, obviously he's not the best quarterback we've ever seen, which contributes to a lot of the mistakes and everything. Totally agree. At the same time, I'm also the guy that says the organization's not giving him any help. The offensive line blows. You, like you say, the he's got tools. The offensive line blows. It, it does. Who are they stopping? Dude's running for his life every game. 
I, I listen. I don't disagree with that. I just you know, dude's probably gonna pull up with a bum handy just to get out of the game to save his own life. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. By the way, Mike Chase sent me a uh, graphic on the uh, viewership in the Big 12. BYU so far, uh, 9.3, 9.3 million viewers. West Virginia number two at 5.9 million. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, it Dude. is. Yes. It's impressive. BYU's TV numbers are are super impressive. I always mean, it have is, been. It, yeah, always have been. I mean, it's not nearly as Im- impressive as a uh, Jacko Pizza, though. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry. Say again. I smell something delicious, and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am, ma'am, we've traced the smell, and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko Pizza, and it's just ten dollars. <laughs> Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's. Still my favorite commercial ever that we play on this show. Yeah. We play the Advocates, Quick Quack, like we have a bunch of sponsors on the show. Aloma Harrington. Aloma Harrington. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. That one is my favorite one. Papa Murphy's. Yes. Very creative. Shaping a, a pie crust like a pumpkin is awesome. Take off Satan's giblets, otherwise known as black olives, and you're fine. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. Uh, Alan uh, Corbin says, Footsteps Fields is David Carr in a Bears jersey. Why? That's very true. Why would you say such a terrible thing out loud so that I have to repeat it? You know, uh, Jesse Harsh says, uh, BYU fans follow their sports religiously. Literally. Get it when you think. See what he, so see what he did there? <laughs> you know. Uh, BYU TV numbers will drop, especially if they keep losing. Well, and I think we're seeing that. There's no doubt we're yeah. seeing that. I yeah. mean, um, interest level in BYU is down. There's there's no doubt. I mean, it it's bad. Listen, it's bad when BYU and Utah are both losing, when the Jazz are irrelevant. It, it's bad. Man, the, I mean, there's a difference between being bad and just simply being irrelevant, and that's where the Jazz are right wow, now. Wow, Teddy Wayman rolling in here with his beard, thinking he can talk all bad about the Bears. And again, he's right. Uh, he says, morning, guys. These two teams should never be on national TV anyway. 14-10 commanders. <laughs> Notice how he worked in a anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, 14-10. <laughs> you ain't wrong, man. Uh, I'm going to take 52-6. to six, The Bears will win. I mean, it's good. Justin Fields is going to have a breakout. Let me tell you what, yeah. Uh, you know, NY Jazz fan says Satan gibbles, giblets, jibblies, jibbies. They'll get you every time. I can't do black olives ever. Nah. Did you guys see this video going around? Man, and I, I try on this show, right? I try. Are you not entertained, right? Like, I really try to bring you guys the most important in, in content yeah. and information. Content team. Whoever the jag bag is that put together this, like, super ghost pepper flavored gummy bear. Hey, Claw. I love you. <laughs> Because, yeah, maybe Kawhi did. There's videos out now everywhere of these people, and I think it's almost a year old, but some lady decided recently to try and recreate it. (laughs) It's a ghost pepper gummy bear, and you you eat it, and it destroys you. It is the hottest piece of candy ever, and people are trying to eat it. There's one chick that throws up. Like, it's a three-minute video. She tried to swallow it whole, and she threw it up. Uh, no. There was another guy in his car screaming and crying, and I'm just asking. 
Yeah, like seriously, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just asking, why do people feel the need to eat super hot stuff? Like I'll, I'll go back to when we were at 1320K fan. The, the sports, sports leader. leader. Uh, ben Wilson, Ben Napoleon Wilson. Yeah. The late, great Will Smith yeah. and I went to Red Iguana. Bomb, by the way. And Napoleon, being Napoleon, Ben Napoleon Wilson, decided that the right thing to do would be to challenge us to eat a pepper. Texas me. And I said, hell no. I am Caucasian, friend. <coughs> like, I am the, I can't do spicy right, at all. Right, right. We get it. Yeah, uh-huh. I bought them lunch because I bailed out. Will Smith did it, and Ben did it. You could not get Will Smith a glass of milk quick enough. Like, it went downhill. And I don't understand this. Like, oh, Cheetos are by far one of the greatest junk food snacks oh, yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. Do we need flaming hot Cheetos? Hey, guys. No. No, we don't. Yeah, but they're good. No, they're not. Hey, guys. Do you know what that does to your butthole, dude? Like, no. Keep it real. They're not good. They are not good. <laughs> So all these people you that said are, butthole. Yeah, like they're not good. <laughs> so all these people are like, oh, oh, gummy bear. Well, how hot can yeah, it's a gummy bear. How hot can it be? Boy, yeah, it's gonna burn your butthole down. Like, why do people do this hot food thing? I do not understand it. I don't get it. I've never gotten it. Oh my god. <laughs> I've never understood it. Oh my word, dude. I, I just I can't. It, anyway, it is what it is. Why, Tanner, why is the first comment? I get back in here. The first thing I see is, Tanner, put your money where your mouth is. Dude, like, Kurt Meyer says, Tanner, put your lunch money where your posts are. Hey, guys. Tanner, what did you do? Fucking A. You know, Tanner says, so in all seriousness, what will it take for you to talk about RSL? God damn it. I, what do you, Okay. Do we really have to go back to having a serious conversation about this? Tanner, my guy. You're my guy. Ronnie, please. I like you. You're not particularly, you know, adept at figuring out what the masses want to talk about. Pause, bro. Pause. Because it ain't real. Donnie, you're out of your element. It's not. It isn't. It Pablo Mastro. No, I'm not going to say that one. Pablo Mastacholi and his RSL Lions. I, I look, listen. I watch RSL. Well, now I don't because I I'm, get down like that. I'm not watching on Apple TV. You know, like yeah, hate to break it to you. Good luck. Um, if it's not David James on the call, I'm probably not watching it. That's right, T. Right, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. I talk about the things that we feel like most people want to talk about. Oh my God, man! That's why we talk so much football? Because yeah. Frankly, I'm a big football fan. Yeah. So So what it, are the people it, saying back to Tanner then? Um let's see. You guys wanted the jazz roster torn down. Now it is you casuals are gonna run the irrelevant theme all season, right? Potentially. Um Tanner says last night, Rhett, they played Tuesday night. What did Rhett say? What did Rhett say? I uh, had no interest in the Jazz last night. Watched hockey instead. My guy. See Damn what I'm right. talking about? See? How about my guy, Johnny Taves? Dude. Who got the first Bro. goal for the Chicago Blackhawks? I'm, 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 that's what I'm talking about. Johnny and Taves. Yeah, Taser. Toves. Yeah. Johnny Taves. That's my guy. <laughs> the captain's back. Yes. How long he's going to be in a, in a Blackhawk uniform? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Avalanche are very good. 
Yep. Very, very good. Yep. Kind of cool to see him raise the banner last night. Yeah. Now it's time for the Blackhawks to start winning games. You know, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Teddy Wayman says, I hope so for fantasy purposes, Jesse. God, no, I can't keep up. Yeah, what did Jesse um, say? Jesse Harsh said, Teddy, do you think a TD will be scored? Yes. I'm telling you, the Bears are going to have a breakout week. I don't know when. Probably this week if it's ever going to happen. You know, if it's ever going to happen. Talking with Raphael Podcast. Says, as a fantasy league, the commander says more points than anyone from the Bears. Stop. Okay, I, okay. Man. it needs to be said. We're not big into fantasy on this show. I, I have to say that. We don't do much. I used to play like three, four teams a year, and I can't do it. Uh, Tanner says, I should be doing homework, but I can't. This show is too addicting. That's what uh, I'm saying. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's what I like. You know, it's what I, uh, you know. Is that code for feeding the chicken, Tanner? Tanner, are you feeding the chickens right now? Tanner, you have chickens? Rhett, Rhett Williams says, go Golden Knights. Boy, they were in one the other night, too, weren't they? Mr. Stone but had they, a nice night. Yeah, but the stupid kings in that chrome helmet. Like, what are we doing with that chrome helmet? Yeah, oh, okay. I, I don't know. Dude. Rank your sports. In the comments, rank yeah, your sports. Yeah, let's hear it. Here's you where my passion's it. at. Yeah. I think NBA number one. I think college football number uh, college football number two. The NFL, number three. Major League Baseball, number four. When the Hawks are good, they're probably third on my list. But the Blackhawks are so bad right now. Um, but I love that the NHL's back on ESPN. That's probably where I'm at. I mean, I, I think I love the NBA. I'm a huge basketball guy. Yeah. But I'm a huge NHL guy, too, though. I mean. Yeah, my, my list would be the same, except I'd have the NFL over college football. Other than that, though. You know. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah, you know, I think it's hysterical. The Padres beat the Dodgers without Fernando Needle in my arm, Tatis. Fernando Needle in my arm, Tatis. Not a, not a, not a fan. Uh, <laughs> San Diego State Aztec says I got hooked on the show when Monty had that epic rant a few months ago that included Waco, Texas. David Corash. <laughs> David Corash. David Corash. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, the Teddy Bears and the uh, Black Birdies. LOL. The Teddy. Ken. No, don't Ken. Uh, Tanner says, yeah, I might just flunk out of college, Kurt. That's a, well, you know. you know, I mean, you know, you know, it is what it is. I mean, this show's more important. Uh, wow. Look at the rankings coming in. Uh, John Jackson says in order of importance, uh, in today's show, college football, Grizzlies, hockey, burning your butthole. <laughs> and then if there's time for soccer, <laughs> why you play that drop? Is Dude the worst said drop burning ever. your butthole. Oh, JJ, I love it. Oh, my God. Yes, he did say that. Uh, Rhett Williams says football, NCAA, hockey, and MLB. Right? I like that. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good take. Good take. Uh, Alan says college football, NFL, soccer, MLB. Uh, Chelsea Football Club, for sure. Yeah, soccer's tough because it's layered. I mean, I, I'm you're never going to catch me watching MLS, bro. Uh, the gangster known as Jeremy Bolton's back. College football, NFL, NBA, then 1,294th place, RSL. <laughs> 1,294th place. <laughs> All right, time for some pickleball. You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. Jeremy, who you got in your pickleball line? <laughs> Siri, 1,294th. Gage Carter says, NBA, college football, NFL, college basketball, MLB. I like it. Ken Williams, NFL, NBA, NHL, then college and NASCAR. DI9, baby. DI9. My guy Chase Elliott's going to win another cup. 
Uh, MI Jazz fan, NFL, NBA, college football, college basketball, Boyd Lake, NCAA football, NFL, NBA, uh, girly slappy fights. <laughs> okay, I can get down. Uh, Josh Lovren, Seahawks, Kraken, Mariners, GCU, West, Washington State, and Verst- screw Verstappen. Josh, you so were wait, doing wait, wait, so wait. well. Let me get this right. Verstappen cheated and got help to win the championship last year. Now, this year we find out they overspent and cheated financially and won the championship this year. They laundered money, bro. You know, other than that, Come yeah, but Verstappen's great. Uh, Stephen Guild, what's up? He says college football first, second, and third. Well, I respect that. There James Knight says NBA one, two, not football. <laughs> wow. Uh, Teddy, NBA, NBA, NFL, MLB. I okay. like it. Teddy, where are you at in the playoffs? Rhett Williams says pickleball over soccer. No, Rhett. what I just say? No. Rhett. Uh, James Knight says, I used to tune into the show to listen to Monty bully Jake about being a virgin. <laughs> See, we've graduated from that now. We've graduated from that. Yeah. We're into smashing into a kidney infection now. Schemers trying to I mean, control their little worlds. You're cold blood, bro. Okay, I'll leave that, it alone. That, that's cold blood. The dog. conversation blood, we dog. could have on this show. No. Oh, my God. No, it's not time yet. Oh, you, my you, God. That, that, that conversation's got to cook for a while. The conversation we could have on this show about your not sex life would be amazing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> NFL, NCAA, NBA, playoff baseball, playoff NHL, as Tech says. Uh, Jeremy says, I'd seriously take colonoscopy over Oh, my God, dude. Uh, Tanner, is, Tanner is currently just rocking whatever train car he is currently on. That's funny. Uh, female mud wrestling, LOL. Uh, Josh says, wash that money. I also think they're using trash cans, too. Could be. Could be. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, cash me outside. How about that? Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. Yes, man. You spelled it phonetically. Cash me outside. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that is phenomenal. Cash me outside. How about day? How about day? How about day? How about day? James Knight says we're gonna need extra Jake content during the NBA season, Monty. Hey man. <laughs> you won't get it. He's soft. Uh Ken Williams says, Jake, stay up late watching roller derby LOL. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Come on. Oh, do you guys the level have... of the level of um Sleep prioritization the last two oh weeks God. has been ridiculous. Bro, I, again, if you're just tuning in, I got like three hours of sleep last night. Mrs. Monty had eye gouging by a yeah, doctor Yeah, she got yesterday. poked in the eye. Look, it was an accident. I, I can't control that thing. The point is... Um, she took offense. Yeah, I got like three hours of sleep last night. It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. And listen, I understand that people lose <sighs> sleep every night over their bills because they haven't been to TridayTrading.com slash Monty yet. Um, but you know, you can sleep like a, 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 a baby as well. When you go to tridaytrading.com slash Monty, because Fast. you know that you're making that bread, you know, that that money's coming in because you made the choice. You got brave and you went to tridaytrading.com slash Monty. Yes. It's that simple. Don't take my word for it. Day trading is absolutely an avenue out of your nine to five. You don't have to keep looking for side hustles. Enjoy your life. Day trade. And why don't you day trade with Triday trading's money? Because that's how their program works. You go through the program and it all starts. The only thing I'm asking you to do 
is not spend any money. Just go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Yeah. Um, and make sure that you absolutely watch their free webinar because you're just going to make a choice after that. Yes. Don't take my word for it. Don't sit here and say, well, you're none of that. Just go and watch the free webinar. For Take five minutes of your life to change the rest of your life. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. All right. A couple more comments in here because we got to get to some locks as well. Uh, poor Mrs. Monty, tell her big hugs. Ken Williams said, "Yeah, it's brutal, dude." She... I I don't know. I have to agree. I hadn't really I didn't really realize that, but you make a good point. Like I don't know why all this had to come together at once. That's the thing. But, so if you're just tuning in, I'll make it quick. If you've been here, but Mrs. Monty had eye surgery yesterday. She had a little foreign body in her eye. She had to have removed. I believe it was her long lost twin, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Um, she had to have that removed and she knew this was coming. So she had a, a mammogram, then she had a colonoscopy and now she had this eye surgery. Y'all want to play. She breezed through the other two. The eye surgery is hellacious. Yeah. Um, she has her right eye covered. She cannot uncover it. Um, and it's incredibly painful. And the doctor straight up told her there are people who have no pain. And then there are people who are in excruciating pain. So of course she's in excruciating pain right. and it's just been brutal. And the problem is you have this one eye that's covered, but when you, you open your other eye that's good and un, not covered, it makes your other eye work. And that hurts when that eye moves. The, she described the surgery. The doctor described the surgery. They put a small stitch in your eye. And she had this, uh, she had a foreign body on the inside of her right eye. So they put a stitch in her eye to pull it all the way <coughs> to the other side <coughs> so that they could work on that side of her eye. <coughs> Dude, no. And no. It, it's incredibly painful, man. Like, she was up all night. She was crying. She was in real pain. Which I'm sure it hurts to cry as well. It, it does. Must. It must. It does. And she was doing so well. And she's a terrible patient, though. Mrs. Monty's a terrible patient. Yeah. So I tell her before she went to bed, hey, did you take your, your, your pain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wakes me. We go to bed at, like, er early last night, like 830. I haven't fallen asleep at 830 in months. And... She wakes me up at 1030 crying in excruciating pain. And she's like, I just, I can't handle it. And I'm like, did you take your medi medication? No. So now That's she's, put, yeah, we've all done this. You're like, I'm not going to take it. I'll just wait. And then everything amplifies and gets worse. So now you take the medication and it only does like a quarter of the job. Yeah. So then you, two hours later, she's crying and it's like, Hey, I need some Advil. Cause they tell you, Hey, you can only take ibuprofen. Yeah. So then we give her a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen and it only doles the pain. It does not take it away. So it's just been miserable. She did not really sleep last night. I did not sleep last night. She's got to go back to the doctor for a checkup today. They'll take out. The other thing is she can't take the patch off the eye. So they give you these drops, these pain-killing drops, but you can't use them yeah. until you go back the next day to see the doctor. He'll take the patch off, check the incision and all that. And it's just, it's brutal. Yeah, man. It's, it's yeah. absolutely brutal. Yeah. So you really feel for her. That's just, that's brutal. Um, let's see. Ken Williams says, uh, my dad had eye surgery, had to have eye treatments every two weeks. It's horrible. Yeah, it is. It is. Gage Carter says, much love and good vibes sent to Mrs. Monty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, everybody send her a good message on Instagram at Mrs. B. Monty. Uh, let's see. Uh, you need to watch where you point that thing, Monty. Hey, man, it shoots its, its way through life. I <laughs> have no control of it at all. Uh, James Knight, this is a thing now on this show today. 
Tanner, did you do your homework? Everybody wants to know. No. Did you do my homework? Did you do my homework? Oh, yeah. I, I misread that. Uh, NY Jazz fan says foreign body, you say. No, legitimately. Yeah. Legitimately. Uh, you know, it, it is what it, it just sucks. You know, Tanner says, I actually just finished an assignment uh, while listening to, to a show. I'm actually shocked. There you go. What are you even studying? Can yeah, I Yeah, what ask? are you in what, school like, for? What are, like, what are you in school for? I think he's in school for RSL. Like, I, I, I do believe that's what they... No! Him studying. Uh, all right, lock time, because we yeah. got 10 minutes Let's left go. in the show. <clears throat> Let's go. Uh, BYU. Yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Arkansas is now a point and a half. Yeah. The number, the number, by the way, the Bears number tonight, I think is 38. Yeah, it is. Thir I said 38. Yeah. The over on the Bears game is 38. Arkansas is point and a half favorite. Total, what's the number on that game? Number 66. Number is 66. Um, Most predictions have it 26-24. BYU wins the game. I am going to go under. I am going to take BYU to win a shootout. And I am going to take that to be 30-27. Take BYU outright under 66. 30-27. Because I think Chase Roberts is going to play. I think Puka and Gunner will get full, full go. And I think that Chris Brooks had a breakout game last week. And I think the play calling will be better. I I I, I believe in, in Aaron Roderick. I don't yeah. know why. Uh I think BYU thirty twenty seven. Uh yeah, I I feel differently on this game. Oh, I think God. Arkansas's got thirty five in this game. I think BYU's got seventy one. BYU's probably got twenty four to twenty seven points somewhere in there. Uh and I think there's a turnover for uh for Jaron in this game. So I'm going thirty five twenty seven. Well, Jaron, Arkansas. I think Jaron, 35-27 Arkansas. I yeah. think Jaron has avoided the turnover bug until last week. Now, I'm told that that shoulder's pretty close to a hundo P. Yeah. Um, we'll see about that. 30-27 BYU is going to win outright. 35-27 Arkansas. Okay. 35 points at home. Yep. SEC Ooh. team. That would be brutal. Uh, Ken Williams says 28-24 uh, BYU. Uh, that'd be tough, man. I mean, 35-27 would be incredible. Tanner says he is uh, studying music. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Why, don't you, why don't you email me some beats? You in the lab or what's the deal? Uh, yeah, he sent in the, uh, the Real Salt Lake fight song. Okay. If well, you believe, uh, no, then stand no, up no, on no, your no, feet no, and no, shout no, it no, out for no, Real. No, 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 no. Utah, three-and-a-half point favorite over USC, the Trojans of Southern California. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate this game. I hate this game. It is simply a matter of who's going to run and stop the run. And I'm not trying to be nonsensical or super simple. It's a matter of who's going to run for 200 yards. The first team to 200 rushing yards is going to win this game. And Kyle Whittingham said this week, Tavion Thomas is our number one. He's going to get his normal workload. And that to me means a, a, a Utah win. Yeah. The thing that I struggle with with USC is I believe they're still one of the best offensive in, in the country. I think they are loaded. The issue for me is that defense has a tendency to go to sleep. Now, they have improved. They have gotten better. But they can't stop the run. Yeah. 
And Tavion Thomas is coming for that A. <laughs> and my guess is that this is going to be this is going to be a very high scoring game. I think this could potentially be 42-38 Utah. That's over. That's smoke, bro. I think that's what this game is. Because I think you're going to have a lot of big runs in this game. What did we say the over-under was on this game? I want to say, and I have it right here, uh, I am pretty certain that the number on this game is 65. It is. Um, yeah, it's 65. You're right. I think you're over that. Go. I mean, if you just want a side bet, I would just take the over. <clears throat> I think these are two offenses that know how to put points up. But again, it's going to be the same damn thing I've talked about offensively. Where How big a game is Devon Bailey going to have? And is Money Parks going to be your breakout guy? Now, I mean, obviously they've added weapons to the arsenal here over the last couple of weeks. But Money Parks, because, you know, Solomon Enos clearly is not going to be there. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, mean, let's... let. I, I, I think this is 42-38 Utes. Yeah, here's my, my concern with this game. I think Utah's going to win this game, but here's my concern. Utah has shown this ability to be basically against legitimate, even table opponents to be a 30-point offense. That's typically what they put up. And against SC, that's not going to be good enough. You're going to have to have, as you just said, you're going to have to have you know, 40, 42, you know, maybe even 45 if you're, if you're getting crazy yeah. type night to on offense to win this game and that does start with the run game so to me yeah if Utah's going to win this game completely agree we're on the same page here I, you have to be like 42 you know 38 42 35 you know something like that but I also think you got to turn USC over if you're the defense I mean if 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 you uh, if you're sure. if you're if you're the Utah defense if you can just get one turnover in this game and the Utes go down and score in that extra possession, I will feel a lot better about their chances. But if this is just straight up, yeah, I have concerns that Caleb Williams is going to throw it all over the yard. Well, That's we're going to find about. out what this secondary is about. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that looking at the um, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams, I mean, die in the backfield, Caleb Williams, I mean. And die wants to hit you. Van Filiger's got to have a huge game here. That, I mean, you're going to need the entirety of the defense to play well. Yeah, and Clark Phillips is going to need to make plays. It's we have not simple. we have not seen that this year. We have not seen this defense play as one amoeba type unit. We have not seen that yet. I thought you said amoeba. Amoeba type unit. <laughs> we have not seen that yet. Yeah. But I think they're going to give up 150 on the ground and they're going to run for two and that's why they're going to win a close game that's going to be a shootout. 42-38 Utes. Take okay. the over. Okay. Uh, Teddy Wayman says 48-35 Utah, 42-24 Arkansas. Okay. okay. They ain't a chance in the world. Uh, Tanner Plummer says 38-21 Arkansas. I have no faith in BYU. Wow. Uh, gah, I'm going to say 33-27 BYU. You have balls, sir. That's tough. Tanner says 45-38 SC. Okay. Okay. I'm with you on that. I mean, oof. Alan Corbin says 38-17 USC. Ooh. Dude, if it's 38-17, Witt will resign after the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be, ooh. 
Uh, Boyd Lake says, has Utah faced an offense like USC yet? Well, yeah. Oh, I think last with the UCLA. Yeah. Last week with the UCLA. I mean, UCLA. My guy, DTR. Who told you about oh, my DTR? Guy. My Who guy. Who told you about my DTR? Guy. Oh, my guy. My U- guy, DTR. C-L-A. My guy. U-C-L-A-D-T up in this R. Um, the truth is I'm actually a modest person. That's a lie. <laughs> uh, Caleb Williams is going to have a day. But the question is, who runs the football better? Cody Strickland says, just got in. Did we talk about Vegas odds of Jazz and other teams? No, because the Jazz are irrelevant right now. Which Jazz do you mean? I don't. The Utah Jazz. What do you mean? Never heard of them. Yeah. Never, never heard of them. My favorite color is yellow. Uh, Jesse Hart says, the way you beat Utah is to start fast, and USC can do that. Yeah, go up top. Go up top. Uh, Boyd Lake says, got to have an amoeba unit to win. An amoeba type unit. Um, well said. Uh, Rhett Williams says Scally needs to get these boys rocking at Eccles on Saturday. You need a you need Sack Lake City. That's what you need. You need Correct. Sack Lake City. Has to happen. Uh, talking uh, the Amoeba units for the win. Taking the Amoeba units for the win as well. I see Utah winning thirty three to thirty in OT. Oh, An man, Amoeba dude. type unit on BYU Radio. No, they don't talk about that stuff. BYU twenty four Arkan or twenty four Arkansas twenty one. Okay. Mm. Uh, I'm still a fan of Carson Wentz. He's a big reason why Philly won the Super Bowl in 2017. Thanks, Tanner. Really appreciate the contribution of the show today, man. Thank Uh, you. Jeremy Bolton says RSL Jazz. (laughs) You know. Listen, I I think there are very few locks in life. I think that, you know, you look at football and you have no locks. I mean, the only lock that you really have is that anytime that you go to barbecuepitstop.com, you know you're going to get great service. Duh. I mean, obviously. I mean, asado seasoning aside. Yeah. You know, uh, wing dust aside. Look at me. The equipment that they have at Barbecue Pit Stop in all five of their Utah locations, Logan, Layton, Lehigh, Salt Lake City, and St. George, the equipment acts as an amoeba-type unit. Uh, (laughs) When you're ready to... When you're ready to smoke your wings, your pork shoulders, your briskets, your burgers, your brats, your pizza from Papa Murphy's, it means nothing because all of those smokers can handle it. They can do it all. And trust me, if you don't know how to do it, here's the best part about Barbecue Pit Stop. The guys at Barbecue Pit Stop are flipping amazing. They're great to, to work with. Again, I just point to Clinton at the, the, the store in Lehigh. Um, you can ask Clinton anything. We were talking about you know making wings. He's like, well, you got to let the... The, the wings, season them first, I'm then let real. them rest. Put the asado on, let them rest. I'm for real. Oh, you don't know what asado seasoning is? You have not lived yet, my friend. Go to barbecuepitstop.com and search A-S-A-D-O, asado seasoning. Change your life. Order it online. Ask the guys in the chat. You can chat with them on their website, bbqpitstop.com. Tell them the amoeba type unit. That's right, known as, known as the Monty Show. <laughs> told me to come here and ask you about asado seasoning. They will confirm my machinations. My a, machinations. That asado seasoning is the best seasoning for all things that need seasoning. Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. A uh, couple of more comments because we got to roll out. Uh, another lock, Raiders won't lose or win or tie. Bye-bye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jesse R. says, is RSL the most relevant sports organization in Utah? No. No. What does B- that mean, relevant? Why, What does that mean, relevant? I don't know what that means. Uh, James Knight says, in all seriousness, 
I know the masses love football, but the show's a little light on NBA preview. Are you waiting until we get closer to the NBA season? I've already told you the Nets are winning the championship. The the Milwaukee Bucks suck, and that, you know, it is what it is. Io DeSumo is the best point guard in the NBA. I mean, what more do you need me to preview? The answer is yes. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll talk a lot. We talk a ton of NBA on the show, man. Like a ton. Yes, it has been light lately, but for good reason. I yeah, mean, I mean, there's not been a ton to talk about. But we it, actually like. talk about we talk about it all the time. Cody Strickland points straight up to James Knight's comment. Okay, uh, Cody says the Jazz given a better chance of winning the chip over more than half of the other teams. Right, because you know. Okay, you understand that. Vegas is out to make money, right? You understand that? You know, you know. If the Jesse Harsh says, "Well, Monty, thanks for that." Uh, I don't know even why they're relevant. I mean, honest to God, look. Is RSL relevant at all? And and I'm being serious. Is RSL relevant at all? Sure, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. MLS died the day they signed this Apple TV deal. Yeah. That you have you you have that. That DJ and Dunny are not going to be able to call games anymore for RSL is stupidity. It's stupidity. Yeah. It makes no sense whatsoever. What sense does that make? And whatever. MLS will never get over until they stop. It's just a terrible business practice, man. Like, yeah. Stop. Uh, Talking with Raphael podcast. Says, let's go Yankees. Teddy Wayman says, Yankees uh, game going to be good tonight. It is. Boy, Garrett Cole made me nervous the other night. You just wait for that guy to melt down. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, hate to say it. RSL is relevant for about 50 people. I love sports, but trying to watch RSL is brutal. No, really. I mean, you're not wrong. And I'm a soccer fan, and I can't watch it. Yeah, dude. I can't watch it. Uh, Raphael says, for me, RSL MLS are relevant due to me keeping track of a few Colombians. There you go. That makes sense. Does the NBA chat need to be jazz dominated? Can't we talk about Draymond's classy morals? Yeah. We, what we the spent, hell? We yeah. Entire show Seriously, you're making my point. We've been talking Draymond. Yeah, we talked a ton of Draymond yesterday. Uh, off tomorrow. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk a ton of um, BYU and Utah on Monday. <laughs> we will talk some a lot of NBA starting next week. When NBA tips off, you know we're we're going to talk a ton of it. No doubt about that. Uh, appreciate you being here. Thanks to all of our sponsors on the show from Quick Quack to uh, The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Make sure you go and subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Tyson Whiting and I will have the uh, play-by-play for the Utah Grizzlies and the Idaho Steelheads. Then come see us uh, Saturday evening in uh, Ogden. That'll be fun. It's going to be a good time until t- until Monday. Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.